Yo, yo, yo! It is I, Cade Call, aka Robocrypt, the blessed beatmaker and one true prophet of the One True Gaming Podcast on Earth. I was an experiencer of mystical spiritual phenomena, and Miyamoto the Father, Kojimi the Son, and Carmack the Holy Ghost appeared to me in prophetic vision, commanding me to restore the One True Gaming Podcast back to Earth, and in doing so, all I needed to do was interview creative and interesting people about their favorite gaming memories growing up. And today, as usual, that is no exception. Previously on the podcast, I have had had the Barber Who Games, a.k.a. Bill Barber, Will Barber. He goes by both. Dude has an amazing collection, over 3,000 pieces of gaming paraphernalia, history, and knowledge exists in that man's home. He was on the podcast previously, and since then, he has started his own podcast with his sister, Alex, called The Gaming and Collecting Podcast. It's really, really good. I would suggest checking out the PlayStation episode. That is both their suggestion, which you'll hear in the podcast, and also because the PlayStation is the greatest console of all time. You should learn more about it because it's the shit. Anyway, they are my creative and interesting guests. Check them out. The Gaming and Collecting Podcast. As usual, I'll put all the applicable links in the podcast description. In other news, my YouTube shit is going to be coming out soon. I finally almost got this logo drama on lock. And that's the last step I had. And I'm going to be opening the floodgates with some of the content I've been creating. Some of the deeper, more hardcore. If you're a true retro gaming nerd, I'll be creating some content that is a little bit more meaty than just me interested talking to people about their favorite game. I mean, sea cells, she cells down by the seashore. Ah! I can't talk today. I don't even remember where I was at. So I'm doing Sober October. I started a little bit early because I knew at the end of October I was going to have some events. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to do a month sober, basically a month, no smoking weed. But I'm going to start about a week early. So that way, because the last week of October with all the stuff going down with Halloween and in-laws and social events, I'm going to probably end up smoking some weed and probably drinking a little bit of booze. So I started a week earlier. I made it about two weeks. And my brother-in-law brought over some weed yesterday. He didn't know that I was doing Sober October. Over and I took a little hit ski and he had some leftovers and I took a second little hit ski right before I recorded this. Uh, it's called being an addict, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to go another two weeks after this. And the point was to take it down a notch, which has been successful. I've learned from growing up in the alleged, the self-claimed one true religion is uh, if you focus on perfection and you get hung up on the idea of being perfect and not making mistakes, you're just going to end up depressed and thinking about killing yourself. So I'm not beating myself up too much about cracking because that's the longest I've gone without smoking weed in a hot minute. And if I don't have it around, it's actually been pretty easy. And there's no more left. He, he left me a little a little leftover and it's gone. So now I'm back to having nothing around, nothing to tempt me. And to be honest with you, it's been a little bit nice. Uh, my dreams have been crazy, which has been fun. But also, uh, I was going a little too hard in the paint, even for me, a lifelong pothead. I've always never had a problem with staying productive and staying disciplined and you know, succeeding at whatever I was working on at the time. It's never really derailed me. But since I got the the volcano, which is like the creme de la creme, rich sort of snarky way to smoke marijuana vaporizer, it's been so convenient and so clean that I ended up like smoking even more than I already was, which was probably too much to begin with. So that's my motivation. If you're out there and you, if something's off balance in your life, handle it. And even if you're not perfect about it, don't sweat it because that's a step forward. It's becoming more balanced. Don't get caught up in being the one true perfect saint of the one true gaming gospel. I don't know. That did not go where I thought it was going to go. Uh, YouTube shit coming down the pipe. Still playing Legend of Dragoon. 
trying to get through that, capture some footage, played a little bit of Scarlet Nexus. It's like anime, Dark Souls-esque action. Pretty dope so far. But really, I'm waiting for Elden Ring. That's all that matters. Let's be real. Nothing is going to matter until Elden Ring comes out. So until then, I'm just making content, poking around old PS1 games, trying some games on PC. Nothing super special that I would say you guys got to go try. Although I hear the Diablo 2 remaster is titties. Um, If you're into Diablo 2, if you like the game, I hear the remaster is awesome. Other than that, the Gaming and Collecting Podcast, Alex and Will. Check them out on all the applicable social medias. They are officially approved by the Gaming gods themselves, and I say these things in the name of them, which is Miyamoto, Father Kojima, the Son, and Carmack, the Holy Ghost. Amen, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Will. You were episode, it sounds like our memory is correct, you were episode 30. Today we have William Barber, who's the Barber Who Games has been on before, and then he started a new podcast after we chatted with Alex Barber. They had the Gaming and Collecting podcast. Since we already know Will pretty well from the first episode, what happened after the episode and how did this podcast start? So after the podcast, after I did um, the first episode, like the episode I did with you back in like, that was like still like early 2020 i think I think so it's hard to say but um i kind of got the itch like i kind of wanted to like mm. do something similar but like in our own style but i was kind of like hesitant because i'm that's just how i am with things yeah and alex was constantly like kind of like nudging me like you should do it start a podcast you should do it yeah so i kind of was eventually one day i was at work and i kind of just thought you know what, let's do this, make a podcast. And Alex is like, Alex jokingly was like, I'll be your co-host. <laughs> and I was like, sure, yeah. let's do that. Yep. So then we kind of were figuring out what to call it. And I was, I wanted to be gaming focused, but I also kind of wanted to have a, uh, like a collecting thing. Cause that was what my whole Instagram was around. Yeah. So I immediately, I go to Instagram and I just kind of start making a new profile and I just kind of type in, I'm like gaming and collecting. Is this a free user uh, name? Yeah. You like, wanted hey. to see if it had been taken yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw it was free, so I was kind of like, okay. So I, I saved that, and then I immediately was like, I don't know how to make a podcast. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I found then I found Anchor, and I was like, okay, just Anchor, we'll do that. Yep. So then we got the name like saved because the full name of the podcast is Gaming and Collecting, looking back at the games that shaped us, and we wanted the whole theme to be kind of because me and Alex like we we're only a year apart. Yeah. Like, I'm 26, she's 25. Yeah. So our whole like idea was kind of like we grew up together, but we weren't the closest as kids and we kind of grew closer as we grew, got um, older. Yeah, definitely when I went off to college, that's when we got a lot closer. Oh, I just realized you guys are brother and sister. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're brother and sister. Barbara. For, I uh, I thought you were boyfriend and girlfriend. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in some countries, that's okay. So I, uh... you'd, be am- you'd be amazed how often Oh, yeah, no. Like, well, like, we don't look, we don't we look, don't look like, alike at all. We don't. Well, it's funny because, like, Bill looks like our mom and I look like our dad. So, like, when you see us as a family unit, it all makes sense. But when it's just mm. me and him, like, uh, we get mistaken all the time. And then we both are just like, ew, no. No, <laughs> just like grossed out. Well, she she she'll laugh it off, and I'll sit there awkwardly, like, no, yeah. <laughs> please no. I handle but, um, it better. <laughs> yeah, but but anyways, back to uh, the whole idea was 
So when she, um, cause she lives in Connecticut now and I'm in Massachusetts. Yep. So we're like states apart. So it's very rare. We actually see each other mm. and we kind of wanted like a way to like keep in touch and still keep um, talking about things. So then we thought, you know what, I've gaming's pretty much always been a big part of our lives. Cause you know, millennials, that was right in the peak of when it was really starting to take over the world. Yeah. So then we, um, we did the first episode, like we basically, we started it the first, I think weekend of January this year. I think so. And we decided we were going to do an episode, like a weekly episode thing. And it was kind of like, we started off and like, we were trying to be really serious about it. And (laughs) we were trying, (laughs) we we were trying really too hard. So that's why like the first few episodes are like really kind of awkward. They're a little stiff, I would say like, uh, and then by like, yeah. And then by like episode nine, I think we kind of like, we're like, you know what, let's just be kind of crazy here and just be ourselves. So then that was kind of the the point where I figure like we kind of found our style mm-hmm. and the whole running joke with that we have now is that we're the gaming and collecting <laughs> podcast where we barely ever talk okay. about gaming, mostly talk anime. about anime and the collecting's only really imp- implied. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so the anime lovers, that might be the spot to go check out. Yeah. Well, the funny part is our best, our best performing episode at the moment is the one where we just talked <laughs> about anime. <laughs> yeah. And that episode was kind of a train wreck of just nonsense. Yeah. It was just me going on a rant about Jojo's bizarre adventure for like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was, we've kind of just found that niche now where so now we'll kind of like, we'll toss out an idea and we'll kind of, we'll, we'll spitball it a little bit. And then if we, we get enough like that, we can do an episode, we'll record an episode and we'll go from there. And we kind of alternate. Sometimes I'll be, I'll visit her in Connecticut and we'll record um, there or other times we'll go over the internet. Yep. And that's basically how it went down yeah. for the most part. I'm looking at your, um, the video game collecting pot, the hunting collecting podcast, <laughs> gaming collecting podcast, right? I typed in the gaming and collecting podcast. Oh, there's your Instagram. I'm trying to find a list of your episodes so I can see the title. There it is. All right. Connection V, a return to conventions at Never Stop Thinking, a Sega Dreamcast. So you, it looks like you guys have some sort of, like you said, an idea or a theme. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not all of our episodes are super, like, specific. Like, to me, like, the episode where I think we finally found ourselves was episode 9, which was, we just kind of did a whole episode talking about, like, weird PlayStation 1 games we had back in the day, like, when we were kids. Because we had a ton of licensed, like, crap games that were, like, super bizarre and, like, ridiculous. And we were like, you know what, I want to talk about those, because we we played a ton of those. And that was actually that kind of cool episode, because it was really nostalgic, honestly. Mm -hmm. Is that the uh, talking about looks number nine on your Instagram would be the one where we talk about the Sims Uh, title. um, I think it was the ninth episode because I've done a few like random like joke posts too. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these aren't, some of these posts are not episodes. Yeah. Because I did the logo was a post and then we've done a couple like joke posts every now and then. There it is. Weird PS1 games from our childhood. Yep. Yep. There we go. That was... That was an interesting topic. We also did like a, uh, we did one about our early PC gaming memories because we had like these really crappy, like these really, cra- there was like, so back in the day they had like this, there was a Barbie and a Hot Wheels PC that you could get for kids and they were like utter pieces of garbage, but we had them and we, we, we kind of did a whole episode around like all those old like PC games we played back in the day. And that was a cool kind of nostalgia because it's like such a random obscure topic that it's like, you know what, this kind of works. Yeah. And it was like pretty huge because we played those games for like several years like especially all those barbie games and like he doesn't yeah. want to admit it but we traded games so i was also playing the hot wheels games and he was also playing some of the barbie games well i mean <laughs> you're a kid and you just want to yeah. play you just want to play video games yep i found uh so i 
didn't have a specific memory of these Barbie Hot Wheels computer, but I just YouTubed it, and it, I do remember these. I remember seeing ads for them, and it was like, you guys actually had these. The, yeah, the, <laughs> we did. The Hot Wheels one is blue. Looks freaking yep. awesome. The whole screen, the speakers, everything mm-hmm. is branded. That's cool. And it, it came with this, the Hot the Hot Wheels one came with this really like crappy like steering wheel that barely worked. <laughs> yeah. LGR Hot Wheels computer restored and working. I wonder how much, do you, since you collect... Do you know how much these would be worth or how hard they how hard they are to get? You know, I'm not the biggest PC collector anymore. I know they were the company that made them I know went like out of business like Patriot computers after. this looks yep. like. Yes. Because they um the computers themselves were kind of crappy like <laughs> they were really underpowered and they they were a pain in the ass to like um work on because you had to like open them up and then they had like this like tray thing within a tray and like the heart the motherboard was kind of like a curve like weird it was a really odd, like, cramped design, and, like, they were also over overly expensive for what they were. Oh, yeah, here's this steering wheel. It looks like there was pedals for it, too. Yeah, they were just basically buttons. They didn't actually have any uh, range of motion. I remember this Hot Wheel games, actually. So I was I did an episode with a Retro Hangover. Shout out to Retro mm-hmm. Hangover. We talked about Miss, and I remember, like, mm-hmm. early pre-rendered graphics or backgrounds were mind-blowing and i remember now i'm watching footage of this hot wheels game and it was like the track is actually like a pre-rendered video yeah uh, yep. stunt track driver stunt track yep. driver yes yep it looks actually pretty good still it was it was a really fun game so it wasn't actually pre-rendered it was actually a streamed video oh and it was the, the basically the car was pre-rendered and you basically kind of move the mouse left and right or you could use the steering wheel to do it it was really awkward but um it was actually a pretty fun cool idea and you could like make your own tracks and stuff and like for like an old PC game it was it was for like a god we couldn't have been more than like 6 or 7 at that time yeah somewhere around there <laughs> yeah like for the time it was that kept you busy like for a long time oh yeah and like we didn't understand like quality at that point so like for us it was great <laughs> we had no sense of if it was good or not <laughs> well I, my, my i always laugh cuz my selection of ps1 games back in the day was like Final Fantasy VIII, Crash Three, and then like Tiny Tank. No, Tiny was, Tank. Was, yeah, we no had Tiny Tank. We had Tiny Tank before. I love that game. <laughs> oh yeah, do the intro when he's like, like he's like the wisecracking kind of like edgy swears little tank, and they're calling him Q, and he gets pissed and he blows the screen up. I love yeah, that blows. game. <laughs> yeah, that it's that's one of the probably the most obscure. PS1 games that nobody talks about that's really awesome. And everyone should. I uh, I did a video on it and it did not do well because oh, no. yeah, nobody cares about that oh, game. Every time, I've posted it three times on the Barber Who Games and every time no one like ever reacts to it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, I guess once, it's pretty rare. It must have not done well. I mean, I, to me it was a big deal, but... It's not rare, but it's so obscure that like nobody knows about no. it, I guess. There was one other game that studio made too. It was a game called uh, Mort the Chicken. I never played that, but I've had someone comment, like, you should do a mid- video on Merc the Chicken. And I looked it up, and I I never <laughs> ran across it as a kid. So it's it's an average... It's like platformer? an average at best, yeah, 3D platformer. Okay. Um, it's got that same... So the guy who did the voiceover in a Tiny Tank, like the really, like, dry, like, uh, kind of, like, lower voice... He does the same kind of like voice voiceover and stuff in uh, More the Chicken. Mort like it's got that very dry kind of. And what was the studio's name? And now Productions, I believe. Mm-hmm. They only made two games. 
And now you are right. And now productions. Oh, it was published founded by Crave. By, okay. Yep. It was actually founded by the guy who created Echo the Dolphin, believe it or not. Oh wow. Ed Enunziata, I think is his name. Yeah, I think he actually that's his voice, the uh that voice. Yeah, I think we talked we talked about Tiny Tank once on the podcast. Yeah, we? well we did in that episode. The um yeah, I, think, I think we did. Yeah, we talked about Tiny I Tank. I think we've I think we've brought it up multiple we times. We have, because it's a great honestly. game and everyone should it play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some footage. Uh, I played through like lev- like levels one through four, and then I ran that footage through some AI interpolation software to like make it like what would Tiny Tank look like if it could run at sixty frames a second. Mm-hmm. I have some really cool footage, um, and then I tested it, and the video didn't do very well, so I didn't yeah. bother to do more videos. But it's kind of a bummer, like because it's the we- like gamer gamers are I've noticed lately are like um, very specific on like what they're interested in at a given time. Cause like some, you can like, I noticed this on Instagram. Like I always try to like post really like obscure and like out there games and they never, no, never any reaction, but you'll get like maybe one person who's like, that was their childhood game and they're yes. like super excited about it. Mm. But everyone else just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then I just did a, uh, I just did a Castlevania marathon. Everybody goes nuts about Castlevania. Cause True. It, although I was shocked. Uh, Lament of Innocence was like the most, the highest performing one. And that, that's like one really? of the more, Yeah. Like, that got over 400 likes in, like, a day, and I was like, Lament of Innocence, really? <laughs> like, That's the PS2 I, one, right? That was the first yeah, PS2 one. Yes, I played that one. I did not play the second PS2 one. If I remember correctly, the end of Lament of Innoc- Innocence is, like, the genesis of how Dracula came to be. Like, that was the yeah, twist, it's, right? It's That's the first game in the series. Okay. Because it explains how the vampire killer whip got made and everything. Yes. I liked yeah. that one. I remember also thinking that the graphics were pretty good, and uh, I mean, obviously, some other Castlevanias are more popular in general. But what, what was the second one on PS2 called? Uh, Curse of Darkness. Yeah, I never. Did you play that one? Yeah, it's it's combat's better, level designs worse. I don't think uh, I don't think they had a lot of budget from Konami at the time. That's a running theme. <laughs> well, I've actually i re- I read a report, and I believe. They gave because it was made by the same team that did all like the uh, the Game Boy Advance and DS games, um, uh, Koji Igarashi's team. I believe what the story is is they gave them the same budget that they would have given them for like a handheld game to make a console game. Oh wow! So he kind of had to make it work because that's that's kind of just Konami in a nutshell. Yeah, I, I guess yeah, it's a, a running theme with them to the point now in 2021. I mean, they're they're pachinko machine joke at this point although they are, although they are they are saying there's leaks that metal gear solid 3 is being remade snake eater i heard about that and that uh i just saw a leak today that kojima is going to make a silent hills ps5 exclusive that they're that could be um which could redeem them because the marketing for pt i thought was genius i mean that oh, whole yeah. it's so sad that that didn't work out because it's to this day, I'm surprised nobody has tried something similar. It was such a cool way to announce well, a game. Kojima kind of did something similar with Death Stranding, but that became oh, its yes. own yes. insane mess of a game. But that's glorious, but also a total dumpster fire at times. I wondered about that. It's the only Ko- well, it's not the only one, but the only semi-modern one that, even though I like him, and I even mm-hmm. the director's cut coming out, I watch footage of it, and I just can't get myself to get it. No, it's... Death Stranding's a great game, but it is, like, so... It's, like, the most Kojima game ever made. Like, there's, like, just random, like, points where... I remember I I was playing one section of it where I'm just going through, like, the desert, like, the deserted wasteland area, 
And I all of a sudden just get this like package and I'm like, okay, what's this? So I open it up and it's a bomb. And it's like countdown. I'm like, oh crap, what do I do with this? <laughs> I'm like running and then I died. It was, it, was, it seems yeah, to be that people that like it consider it amazing. And then if you don't like it, it's like you said, a lot of people would describe it as just a waste of time. Yeah. It's, you have, basically I, I told, I tell everyone who ever asks, I'm like, do you like Kojima games? If you don't like Kojima games, don't bother. Cause it's, mm. a, it's. It's basically Kojima Unchained. Like, he has no restrictions. He basically got to do whatever he wanted. What's the game? There's another game with something Unchained that reminded me. Something Astral Unchained? Anyway. It would oh, be cool. uh, Astral. Uh, it's the new, the, the, the Platinum Games game. Platinum Games, Switch. yes. It's on the Switch. Astral Blade, I think, or Astral uh, Chain. Something like that. Anyway. I, uh, I don't own it yet. I've been meaning to pick it up. It's just games are expensive right now. Yep. <laughs> Especially, so Alex, do you collect as well? So I, well, I don't collect video games, but I have started collecting something else. But um, well, she's she's more of a she plays games. She doesn't collect games. She's more of if she's like an anime fan, more kind of into. So you get like other... figurines and those type of collectibles. Yep, I have a yeah, whole. One of our... <laughs> you can see them like right there's oh, some yeah, right I can't there. See them. Those are my JoJo's figures right there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'm gonna put you in the. I'm gonna put you in the hot seat. What's the best anime of all time? Oh, that's really that's really tough. I well, I, mean, I would have to. You only have two that you ever talk <laughs> about all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, they're but they're so different, you know, because like JoJo's is really good but then one piece is really good i've like oh, i binged it all and i have to say like i think a lot of people don't watch it because they see how many episodes and they get intimidated exactly. but that's I, why i haven't watched but it. i'm telling you it's so good it's so good like you just gotta keep watching it and like it goes by quick honestly so i'd have to say one piece is probably my just a little bit higher than JoJo. Slightly just higher a than JoJo. Bit. Yeah, I'm actually surprised by both of those. When I ask that question occasionally, generally those two. I mean, they're both very famous, mm-hmm. but they're generally not in the discussion for greatest anime of all time, especially yeah. like online well, when people talk about it. When you talk about anything online, now you <laughs> oh, yeah. always get the you're just you get asking the, for trouble. <laughs> well, yeah, you get you get the Full Metal Alchemist full brother metal. Oh, army yeah. yes. who shows up out of any. And I mean, it's a great anime, but I'm like. They need to chill a little. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's always that one. I mean, I'm in that category of like the, the small percentage who's all like, I love Inuyasha. That's like a fun <laughs> anime. Yeah. Well, I will say Full Metal Alchemist is, it's very good. And I, but personally, I just enjoy shows more like One Piece and JoJo. So my personal favorite is those. But I understand the other ones are also just as great too. When I was living in Australia in 2006 to 2008, mm-hmm. I hung out with a kid who watched One Piece, <laughs> and there was already, like, a bunch of episodes then, yep. and it kept going for, like, I would check in with mm-hmm. him, and he's like, yeah, they still haven't, what is it, he's looking for, like, an island or a treasure, like, that's the ultimate the goal. Piece. <laughs> the One Piece. The One Piece. And I would message him, like, has he found the One Piece yet? No. He's like, nope. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite memes. It's like Goku became the strongest. Naruto became the Hokage. Ash won the Pokemon Championship. Nar- uh, Luffy still ha- isn't the King of Pirates or something yeah. like that. Well, still hasn't found the One Piece. Well, it's crazy though too because like they're at episode like a thousand right now, but there's still so many things that we still don't know. So like I don't know how long it's gonna keep going, but I think it might hit like two thousand episodes honestly because there's still so much we don't know. It's crazy. 
But I could talk about One Piece forever, so I'm going to stop talking about it. You probably know, I saw a preview for a One Piece game that may have already come out. It was like open world and he could like swing and jump. Um, Is that out yet? I think that's on the Switch. Uh, I think we were actually looking at that. We did an episode where we like played a bunch of random Switch games. um, And I remember finding that. So I haven't bought it yet because games are expensive, but I will buy it and I'll play it eventually. I think so because there's a there's actually there's a, a ton, ton of One Piece games. Yeah, I was very surprised, but it actually makes sense. Like they're all like beat 'em up like, games. We have like a plan to do like an anime game episode at some point. Yes, mm. but that's just such a deep like topic that we need like just some serious time to well, actually. Yeah, like, we need some planning and so many, especially if you let if you in, if you include everything that's like Japan only. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. then it's going to be even crazier. Like, I went out of my way to uh, one of my collecting goals I did recently was I got every uh, Inuyasha game ever made. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that led me to realize there is a Japan-only PS1 RPG that never came out in America. Really? What's it called? The subtitle? Inuyasha or something? It's just called Inuyasha. Inuyasha PS1 RPG. Don't mix it up with, there's also the fighting, the 2D fighter. That came out in America. Check this out. No, there's a ton of anime games. Because I remember, like, Mm. I was super into Sailor Moon when I was younger. And I would try and watch it on YouTube during that time on YouTube where you could watch anime. um, Where people would upload it. And I just remember sometimes I would get into these rabbit holes. And I'd end up seeing, like, gameplay of, like, these old, like, PS1 games. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know this existed. Yeah, I guess that um that Inuyasha game came out before the series even aired in um in America uh, in America. Oh, really? Wow. Because it only covers like the first like arc or so. Yeah, I actually looks... um go ahead. I actually um I got, I found a way to play imports on my uh, PS One, so I actually got a chance to give it a shot. It's it's interesting. It, it's definitely a it's an RPG. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching just some clips. It it's pretty chibi style. Like it reminds me a little bit of Beyond the Beyond, like the field yeah, graphics. But the uh, the battles are like they go like first person. And it's yes, like, it's like yeah. flat, like pixel art. It's it's cool. It's different. I can't understand what's going on because I can't read it. But I'm a uh, uh, the video I'm watching on YouTube is someone's obviously hacked some English subs because it is okay. sub. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh so yeah, been... the battle system is like a. Uh, What's the other famous series? Dragon Quest. The old school Dragon yes. Quest where he's just first person. And yeah. it has... Oh, the attacks are cool. It's like these anime... Yeah. Nice. It, it Basically, it goes over the first like couple arcs and then I guess wherever they were up to at that point in the show. Yeah, I found that because that has like... There's like no like real info on that game at all. I found it just because from a random Wikipedia article. And it was like it was like twenty bucks to like import over. I think when we chatted, your total collection was around like twenty two. You had like an app, and it was like oh, twenty two hundred. <laughs> what is it at right now? Oh God! What am I? So I actually I I, mi- I don't know this either. So I'm really curious. <laughs> so I migrated over from the old app I used to use to GameEye, which is like just an easier app. So my current collection now this also includes digital games. So I, there's probably a bit of fluctuation there, but um. <laughs> Right now, it's listed at 3,081 games. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you've put about 1,000 more in a little over a year since we chatted. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you're buying, I mean, you're buying games every week. I was. Yeah. For a time. Although, to be fair, I've been, because 
game collecting has become one of the probably worst hobbies to get into <laughs> as of um as of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, every collector I've talked to in the last year and a half since I've been doing this complains that it's just gets it's just getting more and more expensive. Mm. And so just, yeah. the last time we talked, we brought I brought up Kodelka. Oh yes, which I tried. It's awesome by the way. Mhm. I'm going to play it for, uh, I'm doing all, like, horror videos this month, and I'm going to do some mm-hmm. Kodelka videos. But uh, for Kodelka, when we talked, it was going for around $120. It's almost a 400 now. Oh, God. What? what? Yeah, it, it like, shot up. Well, A, because all of a sudden everyone is talking about it, which I'm not sure if that's partially my fault for being super positive about it. Oh, no. But the last time I, <laughs> last time I, ch- the, well, I saw a copy at my local game store the local retro game store I go to, and he was selling it for like 300 and something. And I think it's gone up to uh, over wow. 400. Yeah, let's see. Kodelka on eBay right now. The first one I see. Uh, oh, dear. yeah. So it's between like 300 to 400 right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm glad I got that one. I did. <laughs> I paid 99 for it like three years ago. Alex, so we know we have a pretty, I have a pretty good memory. I don't remember everything we chatted with Will because there's just a lot of people's gaming memories in my head, but I have, I'm, <laughs> I'm recalling like most. I'm assuming that some of us, your memories are going to overlap, but you said you're a year younger than him. Yes. And I cannot remember, Will, what your first console was, but my guess hers would be the same since you're only a year apart. So this is not cheating because I can't remember. And I think yours was a handheld. Yes, mine was a handheld. Yours was a handheld. Yeah. It's a Game Boy Color. I'll give you a hint. It's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. Okay. Nope. What year are you born, Alex? Uh, oh, 1996. Ooh, 96. What? Hold on, let me Google something. I need to cheat. <laughs> uh, 94 was the PS1, but I doubt you guys got it like that early. Well, Man, I can't, maybe, I just, I know yours was a handheld, but yours is not the same. I'm going to, it's either the, oh, man, it's hard. You're like right in between. It's either, a, I'm going to go with the PS1. Yep. Yep. Nice. I, I was thinking. It. It's on the shelf over there still. Yep. Oh, the OG little, one like, you guys had? We had like one that had like a screen we attached had, to yeah, it. Yeah, we had the, uh, the, the P, we didn't have the original PlayStation. We had the PS1, the smaller version. With the screen, a classic, I think it was called. PS1. I think it was actually called the PS and then it was like literally just O-U-N, like PS1. It was called P- yes, P-S-O-O-N-E portable screen. One second, I'll grab it. PS1, yeah. LCD looks like some are calling it PS1 combo with LCD, yeah. Dang, dude. Yep. That's a relic. Yep. There it is. <laughs> yep, that was the first one. Yep. That- Does it Here still it work? Yep. Nice. Still got the screen, too. I'm surprised it still works. But then again, have, it was quality, good quality stuff. I have my original PS1, but it doesn't work. Aww. But I have oh, it really? just as like a, just doesn't, like it, when it boots, it just shuts down. Like it'll boot for a second and shut down. And Aww. I'm sure there's someone out there that could probably fix it. So I've actually retired that PS1. Like I only use that rarely. Like if I'm ever like on the go or something, I want it, like, cause it has the screen and I can do that. Mm-hmm. Cause I've actually replaced that one with, I have an, like an OG PS1. Cause I needed, I needed the parallel port on the back. Um. To use the because uh, I use the gold finger to bypass the region lock, which is an incredible pain in the ass to do. <laughs> by the way, it's not like the Sega Saturn with the uh, the action replay where it's like you just plug it in and it's like automatically like it's just region free now. Yeah, the, the gold finger you have to like so there's a little sensor in the um in the disc uh, the disc bay that you have to like basically jam down. That's the sensor that just lets it know that the door's shut 
Um, you jam that down, and then you basically you start this. You start the PlayStation up with like a regular like uh, uh, NSTC game. Oh I usually, yeah, get the swap yeah. it. I've heard about this. You you use it till it stops spinning, then you switch it out to um, the import. But if it doesn't work, you got to try a different game because not every game works with every. It's really convoluted, but it's like the best. It's the best thing that you can do without buying a Japanese PlayStation One. Or you could just play it on emulator. But I know that's the dark side. <laughs> the dark side. <laughs> I mean, Again, we went over this on my podcast. If I wouldn't have sold my whole collection, I would probably not be on the dark side, but I just don't have it in me to try to get my collection back now that everything's so expensive. So, yeah, yeah, it's one of these days the bubble's going to burst and I I kind of fear what it's going to what that's going to cause, but I guess it's a good time to buy it up cuz I think things go in phases. So if the bubble bursts, maybe in 15 years you'll have a like a cycle will come back and then they'll they'll be rare again and yeah. people will want them. I, I hang around on the game collecting uh, subreddit every now and then, and s- th- those guys are kind of melodramatic sometimes oh. about everything. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> like every week, there's always like this. It's getting worse every day. It's always so much more expensive, and I'm always like, and ev- everyone, I-, I think people are trying to blame like 2021, well 2020, and all the stuff that's been going on. But I, I always comment, I'm like, this was happening before that. Mm. Like, yeah, it didn't help, but I mean, this has been going on for years now. Yeah. I had uh, a podcast from Canada on called the GameCube is Cool podcast. Yeah, and, I follow him. Okay, he's, he's and nice they guy. mentioned a similar thing, but they did say that they felt like the the lockdowns sort of people needed something to do. So it like interest in retro games spiked a little bit, and it was already getting bad, and so it amplified the process, made it faster. Yeah, that's 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 the way I see it. I, some people like just want to one hundred percent blame it on that. I'm kind of on the like, thing side where I'm like, it didn't help, but I. This has been an ongoing problem for years now. Yeah. Especially I honestly I think honestly I think it's partially has to do with all the social media like the Instagram bloggers like myself. Oh yeah. Who True, yeah. Me. That's good. I mean, it's good for you because people are following you and you're growing, but I guess it's a catch 22. The more successful you are, the more expensive the games you want are going to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why I'm really glad I um got most of them before I started because Honestly, it's it's becoming a bit too much, especially because I'm in the process of I'm saving money right now because I don't know what my job situation is going to be within a couple of years. So I'm kind of mm. I'm trying to save money right now because I'm planning on I'm thinking about moving down south at some point. So mm-hmm. you're and you're not a barber, apparently. No, <laughs> no, no, that's a, yeah. no. I've during the pandemic. Well, he did I got cut some my people, hair once, so yeah. We don't yeah. need to get into that. That was it. <laughs> yeah, the good old toy car method. Right on the head. <laughs> what do you do for work? Me or her? You. I'll, I'll, yeah, you. Okay. <laughs> I'm a C. We, we've gone over it a bit. I'm, I'm a. I'm a CNC uh, machine operator. Right I now. knew that. Fuck! I should have remembered that machine operator. <laughs> How come you're uh, not sure about uh, machinists? We're going to be around forever. So that that's the thing. I'm not worried about getting another job. It's just my current job is. Oh, um, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We lost a big. We lost a big contract, and it's our lease is only signed up until the end of next year. So. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to keep me on or not, but we'll wait and see. I'm, we'll I'm not see. really worried about it yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. What do you do, Alex? So I studied industrial engineering in college, but right now I am working um, at a mechanical contractor. So I'm doing project management and estimation for for some bids and jobs, which is interesting. But There's some overlap, uh, machinists and a, and a mechanical engineer. I, there's like... Maybe you guys are brother and sister. No. 
<laughs> yeah. Did your dad do anything similar to that? Uh, he fixes appliances. <laughs> no, he's he's an appliance repair guy. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, it's a little related, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a former he's a former uh, printer, and then uh, that tra- the printing is unfortunately a dead trade. So yeah, uh, he moved on. He he went to school, relearned, and now he's a appliance guy, and that's. That's booming right now. For yeah, many I know. Because, I mean, everything is basically designed to fail at this point in those companies. They don't admit it, but that's. Oh, so is that something your dad's like noticed? Is that because people say that, but then I always wonder. Oh, is no, it, like, it's really it's very true. Conscious, like we're going to design this to oh, fail yeah. in three years. No, no, yeah. I have I have friends who work in that industry and have told me oh. that they are told, all right, design this. So in a five year span, they need to buy a new one. See, like the only exception wow. to that. The, That's just how it works. I see now. that with I see that with all sorts of like electronics and appliances. Oh, yeah. Phones, the TVs, only, everything. The only exception I can think of is video game consoles because gamers get very bitter when their systems die. Oh yeah. True. That's why Microsoft is still I don't think has ever truly recovered from the red ring of death. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's it's, still it's still them. yeah, people still have PTSD. Um, no. Actually, actually not, really, not not oh, real PTSD, yeah. I guess, but gamer PTSD. Here's a, yep. Here's a fun uh, behind the scenes of the gaming and collecting podcast. Yep. We had to cancel like 3 episodes we had planned because I brought I had a 360. I brought the her place. Yep. We were going to record episodes using it and, and it red ringed. ringed. Red ringed oh. right there. <laughs> and I was like and it was one of the slims too. It wasn't even an OG, so yeah. I was like, I yep. was so bummed. And so I, you I had, had to... traveled all the way down there. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. But to be fair, we, that was the same weekend where we filmed the 3DO experience, which I still think is one of the coolest episodes we ever. Done. Oh yeah, that one is probably one of my favorites we've done. I saw some of your posts on that. I need to listen to that because the 3DO was this. I had a PS1. The 3DO, I'm pretty sure, came out a little prior. I remember seeing it around, and I played this game. You. Both would probably know at the top of your head. It's like a spaceship game. You start out like in a um, desert and you're flying. Ah, oh, what was that game called? Shockwave. Shockwave. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, grab it, but good. it's it's stuck behind something oh, right now. I can't reach it. And I remember that game like Shockwave Assault. Yes. Oh, that was the sequel. I don't know if I actually. Oh, have this Shockwave. Sequel. No, Shockwave Two says Beyond the Gate. Beyond oh. the Gate. Oh, maybe it is. I'm not really sure. Okay, I think, oh, the Saturn version was called Shockwave Assault. Gotcha. Maybe that was a port? Yeah, a lot of, most 3DO games got ported either to PlayStation or um, uh, Saturn. The most famous, of course, being uh, this this fellow right here. Oh, yes, Gex. Gex. Was Gex originally on the 3DO first? Yes, it was. It was uh, designed for the 3DO, and the 3DO version is actually the best version. Yep. What makes? uh, I'm curious. What's better about the 3DO version than the PS1 version? It plays a. Here's the thing. It's like semantics. It's like comparing like a PlayStation Three and a 360 game. It's like it's it's like minute little things. Uh, This I always say it's probably the best version just because that was the system it was designed for, (laughs) and that's usually the best. Because when you port from one system to another, it it doesn't always come out the same in a lot of ways. Sometimes timing's off. Like the Sega Saturn version of Castlevania Symphony of Night, when I was playing it, I was like, I can't play this. Mm. Even though it's like, if you were just watching someone play it, be like, what's the difference? It looks exactly the same. I'm like, I don't know. It feels different. It has more content, too. That's the weird part. It does have more. That's why I got it. I was like, I want to play as Maria. I want to see the uh, like the greenhouse area. It's like extra. Yep. And I started playing it, and granted, I was playing on a Saturn emulator because everything Saturn related is impossible and expensive. Yep. But Saturn uh-huh. emulation is like really wonky, so it also uh-huh. might have been that my emulator was not great either. Well, so Castlevania. I might have mentioned this on the last podcast, but Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So the Saturn was always was notorious for it was the two D machine. 
but it struggled with 3D. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is a, is a weird game because it was actually built from the ground up on a 3D game engine, which is one of the reasons why it was not ported the most gracefully over to the Saturn. Because mm. you'll notice, like in like the first level where you're going up to fight the the pro the prologue, you'll notice the clock tower in the background is a 3D model. That's yes, how it's it it's, it's, it's yes. a 3D engine basically. Yes. It's they just put the sprites over the front of it in a 2D set fashion. That's how it got all like the 3D effects and stuff. The, the parallax that, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But because of that, the Saturn version was kind of a, a hot mess. Mm. Even though it's technical, it's technically a superior game in terms of content. It's weird. I should have known that Gex was originally for because I like Gex. In fact, I played it semi recently, and I was trying to I was trying to get clips of some of the best one liners, and a few of them I was like. I can't post this clip because it would be too controversial. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no, when he's in Chinatown, some of the shit he says, you're oh. like, whoa, what? you can't yeah. say that anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Well, to me, I won't say some of them, but my favorite quote from Gex ever is um, in Gex 2, Enter the Gecko. This one isn't really controversial unless you're from the place it's talking about, but um, it's it's like he's in like an absolute wasteland like shithole, and he just goes, ah. New Jersey. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm like that one's still funny today. But, uh, some of, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say just some of the some of the references in Gex though are like a kid playing that nowadays is never gonna get this. Oh, like no. my, another another classic is like Gex where Gex goes on screen. He's like, "Hey, I'm here for the real world interview." <laughs> it's like what kid's gonna get that one I, I yeah and then i was like okay i want to maybe let me find some quotes and i remember i'm finding it now gex enter the gecko quotes and i was going through all these quotes and just being like wow some yeah, of them nine- are pretty funny some of them you're like you can't you can't <laughs> you say can't this do I, that anymore. I can't i can't post that even though i think it's funny i probably shouldn't post that yeah <laughs> alex what's your uh so i'm curious your first console was the ps1 which in my opinion as will knows is the greatest console of all time it's my <laughs> golden age so like you could talk about uh one piece all day i can talk about the ps1 literally non-stop for hours and hours and hours so i'm curious and yes i'm gonna judge you if you answer these things wrong because okay. i'm very opinionated all right i didn't study for the, the quiz so good <laughs> good i want the raw first off i want to know what is the very first video game you ever laid your eyes on whether it was ps1 or not oh oh my god i'm like trying to i I don't know why, but I have like this distinct. Bill doesn't remember it, but we had an NES too. My distinct. Oh, no, no, I we I, I mentioned that we had the the hand me down NES, but I don't NES. consider that our first because mm, it wasn't yours, it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was a hand me down, and and technically we got it after I had the Game Boy Color. Yeah, but there's this game where there's like this frog game, and you like dissected oh. frogs, and I don't Bla- know why. Bla- Blaster, I, Mas- Blaster Master. But I have distinct memories of that as like the first game I ever witnessed. That's a really good game. In fact, yeah. the the opening sequence to Blaster Master is so confusing. Yeah. Because it's a frog for no reason. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? There's like a little kid, he's just like doing his homework. A frog jumps out of the thing, goes in the backyard. For some reason, he has a radioactive, like shed that has the radioactive <laughs> yeah. signal in his backyard like his parents are scientists and then there's just a hole the frog gets really big from the radioactive thing jumps down the hole the kid is like seven just jumps down the hole too who cares i might die and then there's a tank with the suit that fits him perfectly waiting for him yep. okay sweet. and then you play the Let's game and it's a, then you play the game and it's a side scroll yeah. <laughs> yes but if you go inside the door, then it becomes a top-down Zelda game. Yes, very cool idea back in the day. You could have like side-scroller and top-down. I never beat it. Do you know if it explains any of that? If you beat no, it, we couldn't I never get it. beat it. <laughs> we, didn't get uh, it. we couldn't get. 
We couldn't get past the first level. No. <laughs> yeah, that game was hard. Um, I played it recently. I still can't beat it. I, I can get decently far in it. There was also a, uh, it got a 3D PlayStation game, too. Oh, it did? Yes. Yeah. Blastin, Blaster Master Blastin again. Oh, God. It's like 3D, and it's not very good. It was also published by Crave. I swear Crave published everything, like the leftovers of like every old franchise back in the day. Yep. That actually would be almost a good episode. Like, find like obscure old publishers that have died and then just talk mm. about all the mm. publishing let's see what else they did they uh, did a lot because they published the n64 versions of um gex list of video games published by crave entertainment oh there's actually quite a bit let's yeah they, they they were still going into the ps2 era I yeah blaster master blasting again <laughs> broken sword 2 another sequel mm. dave mira bmx i remember that game I remember they. I remember Acclaim released that one too because they had the the controversial like third one where the triple like, X BMX yeah XXX, BMX triple yeah. X yeah. Oh, Crave did Galarians, which is a really obscure PS one game that I'm going to play for this month because it's like a psychological horror game, oh, really? like a Resident Evil sci fi copy. Very obscure, like it did not sell well at all. But I think it's awesome. I mean, we're actually for Halloween we're doing a, a special. Um, we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, I guess a little like sneak peek for anyone. Um, we're we're actually going to be talking about uh, RPG maker horror games or like kind of like indie horror games, I should say. What are some of the ones you have? Uh, give us a sneak peek. Do you have the list already sorted, or are you just still kind of the ideas only? So the ones I know we're definitely going to talk about are uh, uh, Mad Father, uh, Misao, yep. uh, Yume Niki, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> because you have to yes um you're contractually obligated to do it uh, yes. Eeb, Eeb. uh the witch's house yes. probably probably some more i gotta i gotta look down the, the list because yeah. a bunch of them are on steam now oh yeah and then there's all those ones that are like um there's like the sandman there's like the it's like a series like the crooked man there's like the man oh, yeah, the series. crooked man that's a classic yeah like all these old, like, uh, are just like horror games from back in the day. Yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good idea because everyone, everyone sort of does horror themes for October, and I actually mm-hmm. like it. Um, but I had the same idea, like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to just cover like the the usuals, but as normal, I'm gonna just focus on PS1 horror games because that's all yeah. that matters is the PS1. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still, I gotta get Alex to play this at some point. I didn't oh, think yeah. about it when we did the Dreamcast episode, but. Oh. My favorite horror game of all time is uh, Veronica X. Oh no, no. Illbleed! I Illbleed. can't even see that. Illbleed. Sorry, Illbleed. Ilb. I've never heard of that. Mm. You've never heard of Illbleed? Oh, no. no. Uh, so it was made by <laughs> it was made by the um, the guy who made Blue Stinger on the Dreamcast, and it's like it's the most ridiculous. Like it's like basically um, it's a bunch of kids are st- stuck in this theme park that's like a B movie. It's like B movie like horror. This looks and it's, fucking awesome. It is. It's amazing, but um, it's basically like a whole like theme park, and you basically have to survive. But the whole gimmick is like there's traps everywhere, and you got to like find the traps without setting them, or else your uh, your panic meter goes up. And if your meter goes too high, then you have a heart attack and die. Oh god! <laughs> it's, it's like a very. It's the most bizarre game ever made, but it's amazing. It's actually pretty bloody too. Oh yeah, it's it's incredibly violent. It looks like you have senses, sight, hearing, smell, sixth, and you have to like watch this like pulse that goes through your senses to give you clues of where a trap is. I'm assuming. And you can like you you have to search around. And you find them. If you trigger them, then your uh, your sense meters go up. And think if they go too much in the red zone, then 
you die and you have to restart. One of the areas has one of my favorite like Easter eggs of all time where, well, not an Easter egg. It's a, uh, a joke of all time is there's a, um, I was just going to say there's something I, even though I love the PS one, there's something super nostalgic to me about like the way textures and graphics look on dreamcast games. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, I prefer even more than the PS two as far as just nostalgia. I might steal this, dude. I might do a video on this game. I might I'll steal your it. idea. So uh, any I'll more, give you proper credit. Any any more yeah. like appreciation for Illbleed. But uh, before we uh, we got screwed up there, I was actually going to say one of my favorite little jokes in this game is in one of the level, like the hell level, one of the uh, in- uh, characters you encounter is a demonic Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> called Zonic. <laughs> the hell, Zonic the Hellhog. Zonic and Se- the Hellhog. And, and Sega was not amused in the slightest. <laughs> Let's play Ill Bleed Part 23, Zodic the Hell. <laughs> Sega was not amused at all. I wonder, couldn't you get sued for, like, defamation of an IP or something like that? I guess that one's just different enough that like, oh it can God. get away with it. That's horrible. I get, well, I I, te- technically, 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 par- it's a parody, and parody oh, technically gets yes. away with that. Yeah, the parody clause. Bro, there's like, not only is it Sonic, the, at least there's like this chick with her ass hanging out. Oh, oh yeah, this game, you get clothing damage as you go. Oh on. my goodness, this looks awesome. <laughs> it is the most ridiculous game ever made. Oh my god. And it's, the only thing that sucks about it is it was very late into the Dreamcast run, and like a lot of Dreamcast games, there wasn't a lot made, so it's really rare. Uh, how much is that worth right now? You know? So I had to piece my copy together. <laughs> right now, Illbleed, last I checked, I paid, combined the two the two versions I had to buy to piece mine together, cost me about 200 total. Oh, God, what is it going for now? Illbleed Dreamcast. Um, yeah, around 250 to 300 it's gone up a little bit but maybe it's so obscure that because i uh, there's one there's a brand new one going for 500 oh wow that's that's a lot uh the case of oh, someone selling the case for uh about 100 jesus that's, that's a little ridiculous <laughs> whatever some of these uh youtube videos there's one called let's play Illbleed part one from 11 years ago it's got 166,000 views. It's pretty good for a obscure there's, game. There's that might be the guy. There's one guy who did like a full in-depth playthrough of it that's really well known. That might be his. Super great friend. That's the one. Yeah, it looks like he's got lots of he's got Silent Hill, lots of horror games. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's 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 just um it's like cuz one of my favorite things about the Dreamcast was it had a lot of just really odd and bizarre games released for it that just are like the you see that game and you just immediately think Dreamcast. <laughs> yes. My favorite Dreamcast you, game is uh, the Soul Reaver port, the PS1 port. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the, the best the PS, way to play. So I've been collecting actually PS1 ports of like old, like, I mean, a Dreamcast ports of old PS1 games. Like, um, I, I just got this copy of uh, Sarge's Heroes on Dreamcast. Oh, nice. I remember that it, as well. It's pretty funny. And they all, they basically, it's like you're playing a PC port of um, the PS1 game. Yes. It's the best way to play. Like, because I was, I have a video I'm working on. It's uh, Soul Reaver with like the best emulation on PS1 mm-hmm. emulation versus the best Dreamcast emulation, and like which version is better. Spoiler alert: the Dreamcast version is way better. Oh yeah. Well, actually, yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of PlayStation emulation, do you remember uh, Bleemcast? I do remember Bleemcast. Oh, yep. Metal, Metal Gear Solid for uh, Bleemcast is like the definitive way to play the first Metal Gear. <laughs> yep. Bleem- it was legendary. 
Alex, we got to get back to you. So what's the first, were you into game? Like, I remember Will, if I remember correctly, being like, you were basically into gaming pretty close from the jump, getting exposed to it. Was that the same way with you, Alex? I would say probably not as much, but like, I kind of got dragged along into it by force because I didn't really have a choice sometimes. It was either watch nothing or watch Bill play video games. So so, so for the back... (laughs) The backstory Good older to that brother. is yeah. Good older brother. Well, oh, yeah. here, here's here's the backstory. So we we had we had kind of the basement was our like area where we could had all our stuff. Yep. And um, we had one TV, and basically we had a system where we would split between. She would have her. It was basically in hourly increments. Like she'd have an hour, then I'd have an hour, then she'd have an hour, or sometimes we'd change it up to like multiple hours depending on what the we were doing at the time. Yep. But it was always an even split between the time. Yeah. So usually. I'd be playing video games and she'd be watching whatever she was watching at the time. <laughs> whatever was Usually. on TV. <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember she got like, um, she got the full final fantasy eight experience. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Yep. Definitely that. Or, uh, whatever else I was playing at the time. And you basically everything that you were playing, but, but I did uh, play got... some, I did play some games though. There's some, yeah. Like the, uh, the, the mul- multiplayer games. Yeah. She was multiplayer. I was this player too. And I was just causing trouble. <laughs> Oh, Classic Lego, little, little sibling story. Classic. Lego Star Wars, the oh, Lego yeah. Star Wars, the video game is 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 my personal hell because we, we would play co op and she would just constantly jump off the stage. <laughs> and in that game, you can't move on. It was, in the early uh, Lego games, you couldn't move on if your partner was doing it's too far away. Else. Yeah, so I'd be just stuck there, and she'd be jumping off the cliff. And every time, regardless of which character dies, all your uh, your collectibles, the little studs, you'd lose studs. So regardless of player one or two, so she'd just be draining my studs counter over in the corner, and I'd be like, "Alex, please." We, we had have so many gone. fights over Lego Star Wars. Oh, it was so funny. It was looking back, it's hilarious, but I remember you getting so angry at. Times. Oh, I could see a legit fight happening over oh, that yeah. for oh, sure. 100%. She was she was the controller thrower. Yeah. <laughs> like um the o so this this ps1 the original controller that came with it is so jacked up it's not even funny thanks because that thing hit the wall so many thanks. times thanks for calling me out here i really appreciate it so you're Are a you rage did- quitter yes I have. yeah she was <laughs> i admit it, was- it i have road rage i rage quit in the game you know i'm just full of rage but i don't let it out all the time it's okay. Yeah, I wouldn't guess. I wouldn't guess from just your appearance and your your demeanor on video that you'd be full of rage. But sometimes those are the yeah, ones that sometimes. are the, the scariest. Yeah, he's yeah. been in the car with me many a times where my rage <laughs> comes out. <laughs> it sounds like watching initially. So my question would be: What when you were just watching? What game stood out to you the most? And then what game did you actually play yourself that you felt like okay, I'm into gaming now. I actually like gaming myself. So. I definitely remember watching games. I remember watching the Crash Bandicoot series. I remember watching Bill play that all the time. And sometimes I would get to play, I would get to play the Coco levels when they had, I think that was in Crash 3. There was like the Coco Mm -hmm. levels where she's on like the, it's like the Great Wall of China level. And I remember that distinctively. But I remember you were super into Crash at one point. But I'd say the game that, game series that really got me into gaming probably was Pokemon. Probably Pokemon. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Was it color, like uh, red and blue? 
Pokemon or something later? So I believe my first one was um, on the Game Boy Advance, uh, Leaf Green. Yeah, it was Leaf, Leaf Green. Green. We both had Leaf Green. That was like the first one I had because I had a Game Boy Color, but I basically just had no, all I these. I don't think you ever did. No, I did. Yeah. Did you? Did you? No, I had a pink one. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. No, I did. Okay. Be, no, because remember that I was telling you before this, the, there was that Rugrats game on the Game Boy Color. It was that Angelica one. <laughs> and I remember playing that. But that was the type of games I had. It was just all these licensed games. Uh, but definitely Pokemon was my first one. And then after, once I got a DS, then I was like hooked. I like couldn't stop at that point. Pokemon. So Pokemon got you into gaming yourself. From as opposed from just watching your brother play, Definitely. but that wasn't a PS One game. Was there anything on PS One that you got into actually playing yourself, or did you just mainly watch him play PS One games? PS One, I mainly watched him play. Um, Blasphemy! If there was co-op, <laughs> if there was co-op, then like maybe I would join him. But for the most part, I mostly watched him play those games. Alex has always been more of a handheld gamer. I, I have been, yeah, definitely. So you had so you had PS One, then it sounds like you got a Game Boy Color, then an Advanced. Yep. What uh, what sticks out to you most on the Advance besides Pokemon? Anything else? Honestly, I think that was the only game that wasn't mm. a licensed game. To be honest, I don't think I had anything else that wasn't like a horrible licensed game. Yeah, I think honestly, the point where you truly like took like became like into the handhelds like you've always been was the DS. Yeah, was the DS. Uh, definitely. Cause then I, what got was, you on the DS? Well, Pokemon, but also Animal Crossing. That was the first time ah, I played Animal she, Crossing. She would not put Animal Crossing down. No, I wouldn't. I would play it all the time. I had Wild World, which Wild World is considered one of the, like, it's not one of the best ones to play, but um, I played it all the time. I had so much fun. And then, like, a sad thing was, like, it was, like, one of the ones where you could play with other people easily, and, like, I didn't know anyone else who played it, so I was always just like, I just want someone to visit my town, and that was so easy. <laughs> and I, I didn't have it, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't No, no, it. you didn't have it, so uh, Wildwood was definitely one, and then there was also, like, the Sims games, there was, like, that Sims mm. 2 one, where you're, like, in a desert. And there's aliens and like rat people at some point. I remember. Oh, that. the Sim, the the Sims Two for DS. <laughs> yes, where it's it's you're literally you play as a hotel like it's like a hotel simulator where you like play as a uh, you're the owner of a hotel out in the desert. You basically run the hotel. But there's and aliens. There's like a little store. <laughs> the aliens invade every now and then. There's yeah. like a there's a Batman parody in yes. the basement called Rat Ratman. Rat that's it, <laughs> Ratman. <laughs> It's it's actually surprisingly fun and well made for what it was. No, yeah, it was I've never even fun. heard of this version of The Sims. Oh yeah, no, it was pretty fun. I remember playing that, and it was one of those games that had a real real world clock. So yeah, it so did. If so you, you oh you go. You could only get to a certain point during the gameplay, and then you'd have to wait till the next day because the time had to pass. But if you uh, if you messed with the in game clock, then uh, it would it was one of those games that did like a punishment thing. Yep. And if you did that, it would be an alien invasion, and every area in the game would be like infested with aliens, yeah. and you'd have to get rid of them. <laughs> I'd do that. You had me at aliens. I'm yep. going to have to check some of this footage out. Yep. Yeah, it's really, it's bizarre how much effort they put into the oh, handheld yeah. Sims games up to that point. Because the ones on Game Boy Advance and uh, DS were like adventure games for some reason. <laughs> like they had like full on story modes, and you'd like uh, follow these like uh, linear like stories and paths, and it was. It was weird. Like it was surprise. No 
port of a life sim should have been that detailed, had that much effort put into no, it, honestly. They really did. Uh, the herbs, too. I think I bet you've talked about it before. Well, we've talked about it, but that one yeah, was the, wicked good, too. The the herbs was the weird, like, city version of The Sims, but that was, um, the, the DS and Game Boy Advance version was, like, the sequel to The Sims busting out on, um, uh, Game Boy Advance. You're right. It's interesting because when I think of Sims, I think of like the traditional ones that are top down. I'm watching footage of this in the camera. It's like, yeah, it almost looks like a 3D adventure game. Mm-hmm. Not like I wouldn't even if I if I just saw footage of this without the the title, I would not guess it's a Sims game. No, it really mm-hmm. is. It's really not like a Sims game, but I remember no, playing that a lot. Well, because we had we had potato computers that couldn't handle the Sims. So. No, no, we didn't. Yeah, you, you had Hot Wheels and Barbie. <laughs> we had computers. Hot Wheels and Barbie. <laughs> oh no! I, trying to play the Sims one on the Hot Wheels computer crashed it. Yeah, so. it didn't mm. work. I wonder what the uh, what the actual Hot Wheels computer specs are. They were significantly underpowered, from what I've heard. Let's see what we have. Let's see if someone on Reddit knows. Oh, there's a cool ad, like a Toys R Us ad. Is it the ad that has both the Hot Wheels and the Barbie one with all the software like lined up? The one I'm seeing is just Hot Wheels with the just Hot Wheels, but it's eight ninety nine. This is that's a nine hundred dollars back in the day. That's a lot uh-huh. of money. Yeah, that that was one of the main reasons why the company went under because no one bought them. Holy cow, nine hundred dollars! Fun fact: these computers sucked donkey balls. The computer <laughs> came out in nineteen ninety nine at MRCP and it would cost you twelve seventy seven with inflation today. The worst part, they were manufactured horribly. Patriot made the motherboards poorly, and they failed constantly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, your computer would not run the Sims, so you're <laughs> nope. playing this handheld version. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't get to play the Sims, the regular Sims, until we got our XP computers. No, we didn't. Uh, and then I remember playing a lot of the Sims once we got those computers. Yeah. See, Alex, I've noticed with Alex, she's very into RPGs, um, and then like simulation games, yeah. like, that's yeah. her, her like forte, like any sort of game, like, like, a she's been on a binge of, a Stardew yeah, Valley. I, that's I was her, just going to ask if you play Animal Crossing, you have to play Stardew Valley. Oh yeah. It's like the same. Yeah. No. I have one that you might like, cause I've oh, okay. never played any of those games, but I have, I played one game of this style. It's called Spiritfarer. Spirit. It's kind of new. Okay. It's basically Stardew Valley, but you play as this little kid who has died. Spoiler alert, you find out in like the first five minutes. You die, oh. but then this spirit comes to you and says, you've been chosen to be the spirit bearer, which is your job is to find lost souls and help them move on. And so the way you do that is you have this boat that's basically like your farm, and you find different souls, and you have to become their friends and help them accept the way their life has gone and come to terms with everything that happened in their life. And then once they've become ripe enough, like the crops, mm-hmm. then you put them through this, they call it the, the end gate or something. And they move on to their side. And I cried like every time. Oh no. <laughs> um, it's the, and it's like basically Stardew Valley on a boat is what it's, it's Stardew it Valley on a oh, boat. It, it looks kind of like, uh, it looks like Terraria a little bit too. I have a strong suspicion. You're going to like it based on what I can tell so far. It, it actually looks, Oh, it's on switch too. It's on Switch. It's also on Games Pass. If you have Games Pass already, you can get it for free or not free, oh, okay. but it's part of the subscription. Um, I think it's overwhelmingly positive on Steam. It's like people who like Stardew Valley really like this game. Okay. I'm definitely going to check it out. It looks pretty good from uh, the clips I've seen. The it's... animation is amazing. Uh, it's very like heartwarming and charming. It's, a feel, it's like a bittersweet, feel-good game. Like You mm-hmm. make relationships with people, but then you have to let them go, but they yep. need to be let go. It's like part of the... Oh. 
Okay. It's very, I'm like getting, t- I'm getting like tingles singing. It made me emotional. It's okay. an emotional game. Okay. I'll cry. Yeah. I'll, I cry during actually- like every episode of like Fruits Baskets and then Bill watches it and doesn't cry at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, there were scenes where you should have cried. I'm still upset. I get, I, get ups- I get upset at Persona 4, okay? okay. Persona 4? There were some moments there, in Persona no, no, 4. Like, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's actually that's a game I got Alex to play. I did. I was, yeah, I was going to ask about RPGs and Persona 4 would be one that's a good over since you like anime yep. and Stardew Valley. I could see Persona 4 being one. Yep. Um, let's kind of backtrack. So what's the first RPG you got into? Well, that that definitely be Pokemon. <laughs> oh, Pokemon sorry. Was... I should have known that. I guess. Yeah. Besides, no, no, no. I could. Yeah. Pokemon's like its own thing. Oh, it, yeah. It, no, it's, it's like its, its own, own ecosystem. Thing yeah. In the corner. But that one was definitely the first one because it was like, it was kind of a trend for us. Like every year, like every year a new game would come out. So every Christmas it was like, okay, I got to beat this in Christmas vacation before school starts. And I'd like beat them in like four days of playing them nonstop. And it was kind of funny because I was getting into them and Bill was not getting, like was getting less into them. So, I was falling off the, uh, I was starting to fall off the, uh, the Pokemon train at that point. Yeah. Yep. And I was just it's hard, like, it's hard to stay in the Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> no, well, it's because I discovered like other like RPGs at the time. Like there's there's just so many, there's so many of so these many. things. Yeah, oh, so yeah. many. No. I point to where my RPGs aren't, by the way. Mm, that's yes. actually what, what I how I noticed you because you started posting PS1 RPGs on Instagram, and I was like, "Yep, I like this guy already." <laughs> yep. <laughs> After Pokemon, what's the first RPG that you remember getting um, sucked into? No, honestly. I mean, what do you, what if you, you want to count? If you want to count it, I mean, RuneScape kind of. Oh yeah, I guess you could uh, say that's RuneScape. A good one. Yeah, that's also a legendary game for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I've been, pl- I've been, I got back into it 2021, <laughs> and I've been, I've been addicted to it. So, oh. are you playing the? I know there's like a RuneScape classic and a RuneScape so, newer version. There's, there's main RuneScape, which is now referred to as RS3, and then there's. So because of fan complaints, because a lot of people didn't like the changes, they um, they actually uh, re-la- they relaunched a version of the game from 2007, and it's called RuneScape Old School. Yep. And ah. it's basically, it's the old 2007 game, and they're actually updating that separately, like giving that new its own new content separate from um, RS3. My only, I'd be into that. My only problem is I don't want to restart from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, I've had- I started playing it too. I was actually playing it on my phone because they have a mobile app for it, but I could not get back into my account. So I have lost well, You hadn't that. played in over like two decades. So I think they, they, uh, they, swipe, I, they sweeped your account. I believe they deleted it. So I could not recover it. So I just went back to classic right away. See my my account's been going since like 2007, so I just I can't I can't restart. So I just I'm I got I got used to RS3. They're kind of I don't, I've never played that, but the idea of holding on to the closest thing I could relate to is holding on to my PS1 memory cards for like 15 <laughs> yeah. years because those saves were so precious. Like my Sui Coden one and two save with all 108 mm-hmm. characters was like the altar at my or like you know the main piece of my video game altar and. I still wish I actually, I actually still have the memory cards. My PS1 doesn't work. I don't have the games anymore, but I still have my memory cards with my mm-hmm. saves. I think um, my, our, my main memory card for the PS1, I think, still has my original uh, Final Fantasy VIII file, too. Because I never deleted it, even though it, it's taking up space. I just replayed eight all the way through with like all these mods, and uh, I really enjoyed it because I played the PC remastered version. That's the version I modded, and it has some mm-hmm. quality of life improvements, and then the mods let you skip some stuff. 
So I got through the whole thing like in 18 hours, like pretty fast. Um, I loved it because it was a convenient way to play through the game again, but I also felt like the game is much worse than I remember it. Oh yeah, it's, it hasn't. <laughs> it so, has not aged well. No. So I'll I'll say if I didn't have such overwhelming nostalgia for it, I, I'd I'd probably like I'd agree with like uh, the uh, the the guys. I'd, I'd agree with Chris from a retro uh, hangover. Oh yes, that, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I have such massive nostalgia for that damn game that I can't. Uh, I just can't let it go. I love it yeah. too much. I still love it. And I, I agree, I have to agree with Chris, like, objectively, like, it's not the best game, but I still, like, I, I, I conceded, yes, it's not that great of a Final Fantasy, but I honestly still, that 18 hours I had, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. Like, I blitzed it in, like, a week and a half. It still has the best soundtrack in the series. Best I will, soundtrack. I will never yes. die off that. Yes, I, will never I agree get with that. that. I think most people would agree the soundtrack is one of the strongest, at the very least. It's Definitely. up there with nine. Nine, nine is phenomenal too. I actually got her to download nine, and I want her to play yeah, it at some point. I, I you should try some, it. I will at some point. It's just like, you know, I still gotta water my plant, plants and <laughs> sort of those plants. They need the water. They need you don't have water. time. You don't have time to save the universe and the crystals. You gotta I, water your plants. I have like a list. Well, because I have a bunch of games downloaded on my Switch, and I just need to play them. But then I still have some DS games that I still need to play, and then I still need to finish Persona Four. So I got a lot on my list. I need to just sit down and not play the same game every single time. So, so the, <laughs> the problem is, the older we get, the less time we have to do anything. I know. Yep, that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. How far into Persona Four are you? I think I'm like I'm like really close to the end. Like I think okay. um I don't want to give a spoiler. Just is it okay to spoil? Well, <laughs> no, you can give a spoiler. I was going to ask you who do you think the killer is? Oh, I, I, I know yet? who the killer. Is. I I could tell like right away. See she see she watched the anime. But yeah, I also game. watched uh-huh. the anime because I that's how she got into that's it. That's how I got into it. But also like just listen like playing the game. I was just like this guy seems sketchy. I just thought he was sketchy from the beginning. I am at the part where um, I'm brain fighting on her name right now. Nanako. Brain fighting. The, the little girl? The little sister. Is it? Nanako. Nanako. Okay. I was just like, yeah. I was like, is it Nanako or is it Nan-? something else? Where she was in the TV. So. Oh, and, so you're at, you're at, hev- you're in heaven now. Yeah, I'm in heaven now. And I like, I think I stopped because it was you're stressing about, me out because I knew what yeah, you're was about going like three. <laughs> Yeah, you're about three quarters yeah. of the way yeah. there. Yeah, you're, it's, about, it's a long game. You still got a decent chunk. Oh, but yeah. you're definitely pretty far. Yeah. Um, since you already know who the killer is, I that caught me by surprise. Like, because I actually didn't. I forget the exact stipulations you have to do to get the ending where you find out. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get it at first. I got, um, and then I had to so, read about it and go back yeah. and get it. Yeah. So it's there's one the most infamous part of persona 4 is the tv scene where um you have uh the guy's the character's name is uh namatame you have him in the room and they all think he did it but he's claiming he didn't do it and you basically you have an argument going on and you basically have they all want to throw him in the tv and just get be done with it if you throw him in the tv you get the bat you get like one of the worst endings yeah because nanako dies and then yeah i think that's what i did (laughs) yeah now, no. but the, here's the thing, though. That's a t- that is a two tiered event because you can um, choose to not throw them in the TV. But if you don't, there's another dialogue option where it's like we still don't have like enough info here. If you don't pick the right option, then the game ends there. Nanako doesn't die, but Teddy is gone forever, and the game just ends there. So it's like a semi. It's like a, a less awful ending, but it's still not great. It's still not good. Mm. Yeah. 
And then it's funny because that's there's still like three different possible endings you can get after that point, depending on your choices. Yeah, I uh, what I you have a great memory, by the way. Um, that is jogging, <laughs> that is jogging my memory. He's played it like a fifty billion times, so he should okay. know. I, I do a yearly playthrough. So okay, that's it. yeah, that's your Symphony of the Night. I yeah. play Symphony of the Night every year. Yeah, that's like my well, here, here's game. my here's my fun fact. I actually this was the first playthrough I've ever done where I got use um, Ultimate Persona. The, uh, the, I don't think uh, I ever it, did that. It's a pain. You have to like grind personas for like hours to get. Oh like, yeah, this, like, I did not do that. I remember reading like you have to grind and you got to do like the what's it called when you like combine the personas and persona evolve? fusion. Yeah. Yes, it's and like I, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You need yeah. like twelve different personas to fuse together to get his ultimate. It took forever, but once you get it, the game is basically no challenge it's, it's broken yeah one yeah. shot everything but i kind of so... like that because you got you want to be rewarded for the hard work oh, yeah. yeah 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 it's so satisfying it's like i you like i was when i got the i got the trophy on the vita i was like that was so satisfying <laughs> so, all right so you're into persona 4 you're pretty close pokemon yeah. um he's been trying to get you to play some any rpgs i know you have a hard stop in about 20 minutes so i could, I could probably go a little bit longer just have to be quieter no <laughs> it's fine yeah, you have yeah. kids sleeping or something no i i live in an apartment um so uh, we're just a it, it can be i haven't had a noise complaint but i've gotten emails about other people who have so uh, i'll just but i i think i could go like a little bit longer okay i won't feel too rushed but i wanted to um so we'll kind of open it up anything you remember from basically the point we're at in your childhood so future what stands out to you and what maybe what are some of the best memories whether it's playing with will like a time you got in a fight or a bad <laughs> like a good memory a bad memory like what are some of the strongest memories you have about gaming and what was going on um well i think a lot of a lot of my favorite memories too are like i would be playing a game and i would like get stuck and then I'd go and be like, Bill, Bill, I need you to do this for me. And I just remember all those moments are so fun. Like when I was playing Persona 4, um, I was on like the very first dungeon and uh, I got like this event that happened. And I was like, Bill, what does this mean? And it was like the Grim oh, Reaper. She got the Reaper on her first freaking treasure chest. <laughs> Damn. And uh, I was just like, Bill, what does this mean? And he was like, and I'm sitting. <laughs> well, but here's the funniest part about that. As she's doing that, I'm also playing the game, and I'm actually trying to get the damn Reaper. Yes. The same. So <laughs> I'm like, those going, who don't know, actually, you probably because you played it. What is the Reaper? Because a lot of people are going to not know what that means and the chance so, of getting it. So the Reaper is a. Uh, it's it's kind of like a hidden like Easter egg boss that you can find uh, throughout the game. It's actually an evolution of something from Persona Three. In Persona Three, it was a super boss that would go through the halls of like tartarus the dungeon from that game and if you ran into it it would be like an ultimate fight in four they toned it down a bit to make it less intrusive because if you ran into it in three a lot of times it was not a good thing (laughs) in four they changed it to it's a chest item that you can occasionally run into it's based off of like every chest um like mini chest you check in a dungeon there's a counter like you can time it out but it's so hard to time out right and uh but if you just play randomly it's occasional chance you'll get it and basically what happens is you'll click on the chest and uh, Rise or Teddy, depending on who's your navigator at the time, mm-hmm. will pop up and basically be like, uh, oh, uh, don't don't open this chest. Yeah. Just trust us. Don't do it. Um, and basically you can say yes or no. If you say yes, you fight the Reaper. And it's the, one of the hardest fights in the entire game. Yep. But if you beat it, you get um, the character's ultimate weapon. Yep. 
The main the character's thing, open weapon? So here's the thing. You can run into it multiple times. You get uh, Yu's weapon first. The second time you get Yosuke's weapon. Third time you get Chie's weapon. It's basically, you have to fight it like 13 times or whatever to get all the characters. Basically, you have to fight it for every party member to get their ultimate weapon. I yep. did not do that. I didn't even know that. So yeah. Okay. It's so I, rare that it's yeah. like... I don't even have a... I mean, I've seen video of it, but I'm trying to think of me playing it. I'm like, I don't even know if I ever saw the Reaper. So the funniest part is the first time I ran into it, I was actually doing a uh, a very easy mode run because mm-hmm. I was just trying to like figure out all the story cues and stuff. Yeah. And in, in, ver- in very easy mode, you can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you die in battle in very easy mode, it literally goes, do you want to respawn? <laughs> You yeah. hit yes, and it just uh-huh. it just heals you. It just party heals you, and you keep going. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't it doesn't heal the boss. So the boss stays where he was, and it just heals you to full health, and you just keep going. Yeah. So you, to fight the Reaper, you just every time it kills you, just restart. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Power through. But uh, I did. I beat it once on normal mode, and that was like one of the hardest things I've done. One of my favorite things about Persona Four Golden is the difficulty select screen. The description for very hard mode is literally, "Do you hate yourself?" <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, a little. This, I do. Maybe we should click it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've done a, I've done a very hard mode, and it's 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 very hard. And it's not even like a, a mainline Shin Megami Tensei hard either. That's the funny part. What do you think uh, is the hardest like optional or ultimate boss in RPGs? One that you've been that you've struggled with the most? Because for me, it's Final Fantasy IX, the freaking orb, the alien orb. Oh, uh, Osmo, Os- Osmo, Osmo, or whatever. Yeah. That I, I didn't there. beat it until basically I played it later on PC and I used the boosts and mods to grind really fast before I fought him. But as, on the PS1, I never beat it. Um, I'm trying to think because there's a, a bunch of them I can think of. Um, I Ruby Weapon in 7 is still one. It was, was yeah. challenging. Uh, yeah, Emerald Weapon was even harder. Those two are still up there. Um, I'm trying to... Th- oh, and uh, Tales of the Abyss. Um, there's a couple super bosses in that that are like absurdly hard especially but it's not even so much the boss it's getting to the boss because in tales games there's a lot of complicated like cues that you have to get at certain points in the game or else you miss out on things forever i'm playing my first tales games right now i'm playing tales of arise um, i still haven't got arise I've it's heard... pretty good i don't i would say it's like a solid eight out of ten for me okay like I've heard i don't good things it's good it's good it's not amazing but it's good okay because the tales the Tales fandom is very specific about their yes. games. Everyone told me to try Berseria, and I made it about 10 minutes and was like, I'm not into it. No, it's the, it, that one's one of the better ones, but it's Tales game. So Arise is kind of different from the other ones. Arise, they made it a lot more beginner, like first time or friendly. And it's more, way more action based. Yeah. Which is, I, I like. My favorite one is Abyss, and Abyss is not the easiest one to get into. Just. Mainly because the the main character for the first third of the game is like an insufferable like douche. I think I was was I talking to you about this on our last podcast, or did we chat online about him being a douche? I think well, I mentioned it because we think, I think we, we yeah. compared him to Squall because they're similar in that way. I do vaguely remember this. Yes, the difference is Squall doesn't talk. You, Squall doesn't have a voice, so it's not as it's not grating. as bad. Uh, Luke from Tales of the Abyss is like it's it's actually a part of his arc in the game. But he starts off the game as he's like the most entitled, like privileged little shit. And he's like, everything he does is so like, you just want to punch him. It's like, and he's your main player character too, where it doesn't There's no way around it. You just have to deal with it. Yeah. But uh, he, he gets better after the, there's a certain event after the end of like the first third of the game where he changes and he 
it, his whole his whole arc throughout the game is basically his character development. But uh, that first third is rough, I will say. Okay, um, I forgot what I was going to ask you next, Alex. Um, we were talking about RPGs. We were talking about were t- like some of my most recent, like oh yes, some of the best memories you have gaming. Yes, um, I guess like another one would be. So we've been like uh, playing a lot of consoles for to like make podcasts for, and one of my favorite ones now is that we've discovered that I am actually pretty good at fighting games for some yeah, reason. Alex is um, she's. She's surprisingly decent at uh, old fighting games. For some reason, I just, I don't know. I'm just oak pretty good at them. So recently I've been getting into those more recently as a game I can uh, play. But I am also the best at a certain game uh, on the geez. 3DO. <laughs> on the 3DO. That's so, all yes. right. Hit, what is it? It's called Balls. <laughs> oh, that's a, I, oh, that's like the fighting game where they look like Vector Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Nail me. <laughs> and I'm great at it for some reason. <laughs> she she kicked my ass so hard at that game. I was like, it was, was like, this like, game is two I'm seconds. Like, this game is so this game is so garbage. Why are you beating me at it? It was so bad. It's because I'm just I'm trash. So it, I just I'm great at playing trash. <laughs> now this uh, I do remember. Look, it looks like balls is released on the Mega Drive as well. Was it originally yeah, it was, and the SNES? Was it a 3DO what what do so you So the th- the 3DO version is actually the director's cut. It's uh, it's basically the definitive version, the, the quote unquote definitive version of the game. Okay, so it was originally Sega Mega Drive and Super NES and then 3DO version was the director's cut in 95. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And it's wonderful. I recommend it's, it to everyone. It's it's great. It's like it, it tries to be 3D, <laughs> but it's like a button masher, and it's it's like the most uncomfortable game too, because like all the background music is like sex noises. Yeah, it's, so it's just weird noise. Disturbing. It's <laughs> the oh, and, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I mem- th- that's actually one of my favorite moments we've ever had recording the podcast because it's like because it's yeah. like I I had. No, um, I had no words. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I think didn't we play like ten? We played through all the characters, so all the characters. Yeah, that, um, that was our our kind of uh, that was our fighting thing because we also played Way of the Warrior. Yes, if you ever heard of that one, that sounds really familiar. Look it up. It's Way of the Warrior. It was uh, game. it was a uh, Naughty Dog. They made it. That's a three D O. Oh, it's uh oh, I did. That's not what I was thinking. But this looks like um. It's a Naughty it's a, Dog game? Yep, this was the last game they made before Crash. Yep. Naughty Dog's bastard child before they were well known for Uncharted Gen. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. It, it like, is the most hilarious like Mortal Kombat clone Oh, ever. it's so funny. And isn't the music like, um, isn't the music? Yeah, the music's all white zombie. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Like, ever, ever. It's great. I recommend oh, it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they actually did all the recording, like the the digit the digitized like uh character models they did all that in um jason rubin's uh naughty dog co-founder jason rubin's apartment and I- apparently the story is all his like neighbors thought they were filming some weird porno <laughs> but they they got one of the characters as a dude in like a diaper so yeah uh, jason jason rubin actually plays like two of the characters in the game too it's like one of the go ahead oh, i was just gonna say it, it's like an utterly it, it's it's so hilarious like it's it's not bad but it's not good either it's like what are you talking about it's great i had a great time because i think i also beat uh, you every 
Not every round that one, but I I won most of them. Was there another game that had the yin and yang with blood on it as the logo? Because I think I did see this now Um, that I'm seeing it. But there might have been another game with like the same imagery that I'm getting it mixed up with. Maybe Samurai Showdown? No, not Samurai Showdown. Yeah, I think I did didn't play this, but I think I did see this cover. I'm looking at the cover art. I think oh, yeah, I did the skull. see this, the yeah. skull with the yin and the yang and the blood on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of a little. There's a game called I think it's called Streets of Fury EX. Yes, it's basically like a love letter to all these digitized graphics, and it's mm-hmm. a bunch of kids. Same thing, like in their apartment building with a green screen, like made this beat 'em up brawler game. Oh, really? Um, and it's just like them and their friends dressing up as weird characters and doing weird moves. <laughs> and then they made this surprisingly good, like, like arcade brawler. Um, but it's, Oh, I've it's, seen this. I've seen yeah, this before. Yeah. I have it on steam. It's actually pretty good. I gotta it's, check that out. <laughs> it's worth playing. I think it's like five bucks or something. Okay. Um, it's worth playing. Do you guys have a PC by chance? You, either yeah. Yes. Uh, Alex was actually playing Mahjong on steam right before this. Yes. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> I'll, uh, I might, I might gift you guys something on Steam for being late because I feel, I still feel bad oh, about that. No, That's just what I do. Bad. Don't worry about it, dude. I have some. I don't worry about it. I'll find something. I'll find, try to find something that I think you'll like on Steam. That's cheap. Um, I like it. I like giving people games on Steam. It makes me feel good because I love gaming and mm-hmm. I like people with the game. Um, maybe I'll do Spirit Fair. You have, you have a PC you could play Spirit Fair on. I do. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Way of the Warrior. Okay, so 3D. When you do this. Did you bring the 3DO to her house? Yeah. So I, I lugged the entire the 3DO yep. in like all the games. Box. And uh, we basically the way we did it was we played. I set it up. We kind of I, I showed her like all the interfaces. Like one of the funniest things was I, I love the uh, the you know when you put a CD in like a console. Sometimes it has like the the graphic uh, uh, equalizer interface thing. Uh, the 3DO's is hilarious because it's actually the 3DO logo, like with the square, the three squares, mm-hmm. and it does like these like wave pattern like movements. We we messed around with that for a few minutes, and then um, basically we just played like we went through a whole bunch of the games. Like um, I, I showed her a couple of the single player ones just to like give her an idea of what the 3DO was. Yeah, and then we played all the multiplayer ones, and then we went and recorded after, and we basically went over the history of the system, and then mm-hmm. we kind of talked about each game we played and gave the whole a little rundown of our experience with it it was one of the funniest moment in that too was like one of the games we played was uh uh shanghai triple threat yes <laughs> which i i thought when i bought it was a beat-em-up yeah but then it turns out it's just mahjong, it's just mahjong. <laughs> triple threat three i've never heard of that either yep and, uh, and we just decided oh, to play through it yeah, yeah it's just yeah, it's, it's just, just mahjong <laughs> <laughs> but the cover looks like um one second here cover the cover lip Oh yeah, the cover literally looks like it'd be like some sort of like beat 'em up. Oh, it does. I could see that. Yeah, it does. But then it, it's it's just mahjong. <laughs> it, it's funny. Yep. There's uh, I'm watching a uh, this like top ten 3DO games. I think it's Need for yes, Need for yep, Speed need... on the 3DO was awesome. I do remember seeing this. Do you have that? That was. Yep, I have the. Actually, I got the long box. Nice. Did oh, we play that or? Did we miss um, I think I... Sh- no, no, I, I showed you Road Rash oh, instead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. There it is. The fr- this was... A- believe it or not, it was actually the, the debut of uh, Need for Speed was on the 3DO. I don't know. So many things seems like I'm finding out today actually started on the 3DO. <laughs> well, because you know the 3DO was founded by Trip Hawkins, the, uh, the founder of EA. 
I did not know that either. Educate so, us. Educate okay. us. Okay. So he, towards the end of his time as the CEO of uh, EA, Trip Hawkins would uh, leave because his whole idea behind the 3DO was he wanted to create kind of like a video game standard, kind of like how like VHS at the time or like DVD, Blu-ray, something that would be like the standard video game format across everything. Like everything would be like the same thing. The problem with video games is everything changes within a couple of years, so it's impossible to have a standard format. Yep. His whole idea was basically 3DO would design the specs for the system, but they wouldn't actually make the system. They'd uh, license out the specs to multiple different uh, companies to make the, the actual hardware. That makes so much sense because I've wondered like why I would see different 3DOs that seem yes. to be different manu- I was like, how did that work? Now so, that makes sense. Okay. The original... The three companies that made 3DOs were Panasonic, Goldstar, and Sanyo. The Sanyo one only came out in Japan, though. Uh, there was a couple other companies that licensed it, but they never actually made one. There was also this, like, one company made, like, a PC, like, uh, expansion card that you could plug into your PC and play 3DO on PC, too. Wait, what? It's an ultra-rare. It's like a PC... <laughs> P- it's, it was like a PC card you stuck PC in the side of... PC 3DO expansion card? Pack looks like YouTube wants to auto LGR Oddware Creative 3DO Blaster. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Wow, but you're, br- like... you're bringing out all the obscure shit. <laughs> yeah, but the whole idea was basically the companies would make it and then uh, they would charge like a, a licensing fee, and 3DO would basically 3DO's idea was they weren't going to make money off the console; they'd make money off the games. Because they had like ridiculously low licensing fees for games, so like anyone could make a 3DO game. The problem is though, Panasonic and like Gold Star, they weren't gonna make any money off of this this way, so they had to s- sell the 3DO for. Uh, the reason why it was seven hundred dollars at launch was because that was the only way Panasonic was gonna make their money back. What's funny is the Panasonic version is the definitive version because the Gold Star has the Gold Star version is significantly cheaper and it has uh, horrendous build quality from what I've heard. Like they have. Out of all the 3DOs, the ones that I've heard that have had the worst like hardware failure records are the Gold Stars. I have the original, the FZ1 model, Panasonic, because Panasonic later made a second model which had a top-loading uh, mechanism rather than a front-loading mechanism. And that one is cheaper, but it's not as high quality. Because the 3DO didn't even have a memory manager, because um, it has built-in, like, uh, it's like the Saturn has a built-in heart, heart memory. But um, Oh, there was no memory cards on the 3DO? No, it was, uh, was, it was all built it was all built in. Okay. Yeah. There yeah. was expansion slots for add-ons, but I don't think they were ever released. So they, they um, might have had plans, but it never got to that point. Yeah. It's funny though cuz the original 3DO doesn't actually have any way to access the memory. You had to buy like a separate memory managing CD or certain games like Alone in the Dark actually had a uh, its own memory manager that you could access via the game. They uh they revised that for the second model and the second model actually had a built-in uh, memory manager. It was just a weird, like, quirk for the time. It looks like they have a 3DO emulator. So the last time I tried to emulate 3DO was the emulator called 3DO, and it was not very good. No, 3DO emulation is pretty bad from what I've heard. It looks like there's a new... RetroArch has an API, which RetroArch is pretty good, and there's another one called 4DO that has good reviews. Because I'm watching some of these games, and especially this Need for Speed I think and Shockwave. I think I need to try these, but obviously, getting a 3DO is going to be rough. Yeah, I, do you I got capture lucky. footage when you play, or do you guys capture footage, or do you just kind of play and chat about it? Uh, we play and chat. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really got her. We haven't thought about maybe like in the get that capture card. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I have a, I need to get a capture card at some point. I, mm. I don't have a, problem is my location right now isn't going to work for that at the moment. Mm. Yeah. You have such a solid collection that like, I like messing around with emulators and kind of seeing like how you can spit shine old games, but there is a certain quality to guys that go to the way to like get the capture card and the composite switches mm. all set up correctly and capture like the native signal in the the best way mm-hmm. and there is a certain like when i see those posts i'm like man that's pretty badass but it's so much more work mm-hmm. than just popping it up on your computer and opening obs and hitting record it's so much more streamlined but i think like especially for me like what stands out to me about your podcast and your collecting page is like you just have all this old stuff you obviously know so much obscure knowledge that i think an awesome like companion piece of content would be capturing some of this footage but you are right. That's a like that's a lot of technical oh, kind of yeah. jerry rigging to figure out because every console you're probably gonna have, have different adapters depending on the oh, capture yeah. card. I mean, that's a yeah. That's one of the reasons why I've been hesitant. Is like, do I really want? Like, am I committed to really? Because again, we I think we talked about it last time. Saturn. I'm like Saturn emulation is so bad. Maybe I'm just gonna buy a Saturn. But then I'm like, if I play Saturn, when I play video games now, as you were saying, as you get older, you have less time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to play a game, I want to play one that I can record so I can at least double dip and get some content out of it. Oh, so yeah. I'm still working or something. <laughs> and I thought of like, if I buy a Saturn and I start playing Saturn, then I have to get a cap because what's the point if I'm not going to be able to capture the footage? Mm-hmm. So I started researching like how to capture negative, uh, na- uh, native Saturn footage. And I got like 15 minutes into it. Nah, this is too much work. It's not going to happen. So I I agree that it's a big pain in the ass, but I still think you should do it because you're not lazy and I am. <laughs> I just don't, I don't have the space. That's my problem because I'm like, I'm not in a great location right now. That's why if I ever do move, I that's, it's something I'm thinking about. Yeah. Because I, I was contemplating streaming at some point. Mm. You could do a really good YouTube channel too and talk about games and like I, cool I mean, information. I have, the, I have the, cha- I have the channel. I just, it's been dead for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also, I, I had to dumpster, I had to, like, dumpster burn, like, most of the content that was on it. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> no, need, no one needs to be uh, subjected to that. Yeah, no one needs to see thing. old videos of us running around in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, I haven't got these guys on the podcast. I've asked them, like, three times, and they just say, yeah, like, I, I don't know what their deal is, because they're like, your podcast is awesome, we're just not ready for it. I'm like, hmm, is that a way to, like, nicely say I don't like your podcast? I don't know. But they're called This Rounds on Me, and it's just like two dudes that drink and play old school games together. And I think I think what they do is they're just recording their TV with a camera. But they like they have it framed like pretty good, and then they take the footage and they put it in like a mock TV screen for like the actual video. So it kind of looks like it's supposed to look. But then they Hmm. also record themselves with a separate camera, like just talking shit and whatever yeah. and then they added that together into clips i could see like if you drove down there and brought your 3do again that you could probably you know one weekend sex session you could turn into like months worth of content yeah. obviously video editing yeah. and scrubbing it all is a lot of work too but um i would be interested in that because where else are you going to see like someone playing a 3do oh yeah oh yeah you're not going to see it no true I mean, especially one of my favorite parts about the podcast we did was, was explaining how the uh, multiplayer works on that thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like... Uh... it has The 3DO only has one controller port. I did not know that. Yeah. It only... So the idea was it had really? the one, contro- one oh, controller yeah. port, 
and the second player port was in the player one controller's so controller. Daisy chained. So you daisy chained. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Yeah. And the the cords are stupidly long, so you just j- daisy chain, and you could do up to like eight controllers. Yeah. What I find is insane is somehow the 3DO is providing enough power. <laughs> To go through each controller up to eight. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Because you're, pe- yeah, that's like a lot of juice from. It, oh, yeah. It doesn't I look don't like know. a USB. What is that? Is it? it it's it's got kind pins. of like. It looks like a VGA almost. 3DO controller port. I see pictures of it, but I can't find like what, like that standard port is so, called. It's kind of like the. Um... Nine pin controller port is a GND. Yeah, it's. I don't know if you can see it here, but it's very much like the... Uh, oh, yeah, I see it. The, it's like the Genesis port, kind of. Okay. Also, fun fact, they also... The two companies also didn't have standardized controllers, so yeah. th- these things are significantly different looking. Oh, yeah. Like, the Gold Star one is huge, and then the Panasonic one is tiny. Wasn't I playing on the... I was using the Gold Star one, right? Yeah, well, they're the same thing, uh, other than the Gold Star one feels kind of cheap. Yeah. It gave me the cheap feeling one. How but it, this one has a head. So the original 3DO controller, this apparently this controller is from an FC10 because the FC10 removed the headphone jack that was built into the uh, controller because the Gold Star one still has it. So I think this is actually an FC10 controller, and I just kind of got one mixed together. <laughs> Whoops. There's oh. like. Okay, yeah, I see. I'm looking this up because your your camera's kind of dark. Now I'm looking it up on the line. I see it. Yeah, I've also seen pictures of. I never saw a picture of the second Panasonic version with the top loader. Mm-hmm. I've only seen the original one, and the second one is like a. It looks like a completely different console. It's like very different looking. Yeah, but it's identical. It's actually technically better because it has that built-in uh, memory manager. There's just something eye-catching about the uh the original the one original like does look better to me mm. I, it looks I, like, I mean it looks like a vcr yes the gold, the gold star one for sure looks like a vcr actually f- funniest thing about my uh i've noticed on the blog is anytime i post the 3do like just the 3do console itself people go nuts over <laughs> it for some reason like it's it's the most like obscure console i own and people are always like, what is that? Like, I love that thing. The VC, it looks like a VCR. You know what I need to do? I need to get you and Chris just talking about obscure retro shit. I don't even have to say anything. I'll just get you two on a podcast, <laughs> sit back and let you guys start going off because he's also a treasure trove of like obscure stuff. He brings up shit sometimes. I'm like, what? Yeah. How? How? Because yeah. um, I was saying like, I was saying like 3DO is probably like one of the most obscure consoles I was even aware of, let alone own. And he starts bringing up like alternate versions of the ColecoVision or like mm-hmm. just weird <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. The, pi- the Apple Pippin. <laughs> the Apple Pippin. Yes. I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, the other one that someone brought up recently was the the Genesis or the Nomad. Oh, the Nope. Uh, you have a, a nomad? Of course you have a nomad. God damn it. <laughs> it's in a it's in it's in a box right now and I really don't feel like grabbing it. Um but I didn't even like I literally had a Game Gear, I had a Genesis, a 32X, a Sega CD. I had I was the kid that had all the Sega shit. That's what I spent all my mm-hmm. money on. Had a job freaking doing a paper route and it all went towards Sega shit and I didn't I didn't know the nomad existed until like 4 months ago. It's really cool. Um, you gotta, my problem with the Nomad is you gotta, if you buy one, you have to screen mod it because the original screens are terrible. 
Um, I got one that has like a brand new LCD screen in it. So it's like 10 times better. Nice. I've seen a Mike's arcade upgrade. Have you ran across him on Instagram? I think I've I've seen him a few times. He 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 basically mods handhelds and arcade. That's what he does. And he's always posting like Nomad and Game Gear screen replacements. So I've seen that on his. I've never seen what it actually looks like in person. But the the before and after pictures he shows, it looks like the LCD screen is like way more bright. Colors are more vivid. Crystal clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drains the battery three times faster, but you're you're not playing of um, that's yeah you're not using batteries on the Nomad. But apparently, you could plug the Nomad in and into your TV like the original, like the Switch way back. Yeah, the in Nomad, the, day. the Nomad was literally the Switch before the Switch. <laughs> Sega, anyway. that's like the story of their life. They're just too ahead of their time all the time. Yep. So I've always I've always been like Sega was ahead of their time, but always shot themselves in the foot. Yep. Nintendo came up with all the ideas, but they always mismanaged them. And Sony just copied everything Nintendo did, but did it better. Yep. That's a good, succinct sort of, uh, what's the, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, not estimation, but some summary some, of yeah. the video game industry. Yeah. In a sense. Because literally, like, uh, Nintendo creates the um, analog stick and the memory card. I uh, not memory card. I'm um, uh, rumble rumble in controllers. And Sony just comes out with like this. Oh, we Go got shot. two of them. They're yeah. better. And the rumble's built in. It's like, yep, great. That's a great idea. Nintendo would be a shame if someone stole it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Sony's Sony still probably holds that grudge against Nintendo from considering they the entire reason Sony PlayStation exists, exists is because of Nintendo. Nintendo backs that. Yeah, kind of. Yep. There's a really good podcast. Well, I don't know if the whole podcast is good, but it's, there's a podcast called Business Wars, and they have a a sub series called Sony versus Nintendo, and they get into the whole go deep in the weeds on that how that whole thing went down. I didn't know that Nintendo was originally paying Sony to manufacture sound chips for the Super Nintendo. Yep, th- that's and, why the Super Nintendo sound chip is so awesome. Yeah, and that's sort of how the relationship started. And then I forget the guy's name, Kaz Harai. The, he had been wanting oh, to Ken, build... Oh, uh, Ken Kutaragi. Ken Kutaragi, yeah. He'd been like wanting to make the PlayStation forever, and everyone thought he was crazy. And it's a great... It's a great... Like, you obviously, it sounds like you're very well-versed in that, but for me, it was a really quick and easy like four it's like four episodes an hour each like four mm-hmm. hours to get a whole data download of the whole story really really good um i want to get to alex before because we're already at her time mm-hmm. so usually at the end i start asking i, I have a good idea of kind of where you're at gaming mm-hmm. first off i know you're still playing stardew valley as far as like current games yeah is there anything else you're playing right now besides stardew valley uh, and persona well i've been playing animal crossing i like jumped back into that <laughs> I like haven't played it in a while, and I actually checked my town today and was just like, "Oh no, all the." Are you playing happened? the Switch one? Yeah, I was playing the Switch okay. one. Um, and then I've been playing um South Park, uh, the fractured. No, it's uh, fractured butthole. Yeah, or fractured, fractured butthole. butthole. I've been playing that. Um, <laughs> That's a good RPG. No, That's yeah, RPG. it's pretty fun. Um, I like got stuck though recently in Philadelphia. Um. I'm playing that, and then what else was I playing? Oh, I think I like restarted Mario Odyssey. I just started replaying that because mm-hmm. I was we we did a podcast about it, and then I was like, oh, I really want to replay this, so I just started replaying that. Um, that's like what kind of happens while we record. So basically, whatever we talked about is what I start playing again. Because <laughs> uh, I mean. To be fair, though, I think one of our best episodes we've we've done recently was the one where we, where we just talked about the Windows like game folder. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty fun too. The I've Windows been... game holder? I don't follow. So so you 
you know, in like uh, Windows, like from like '95 on, there was always the games folder with like parts, oh, software, yes. <laughs> Minesweeper. Yeah, yes. we did a whole podcast just talking about that, yeah. and it, it was actually surprisingly really well done. <laughs> Purple. That place. is a good idea because <laughs> almost every kid who even had access to a friend's computer knows oh, yeah. those games. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah, a school computer too, like because some computers. sometimes they weren't locked, so you could like play little <laughs> school. Computer. There was one that was I didn't have Max growing up, but all my friends that had Max had this space pinball game that was on like all 3, the Max 3D space pinball. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, Space Cadet that was on uh that was on Windows too, I believe. Yeah. It was. Yeah, because that was on XP. Because I that was Computer Lab every day. Yep. <laughs> Oh, then my memory is just I had a, like a friend had a Mac. I assumed it was on Mac. I don't remember it being on my school computer. It could just be my school didn't have it. Oh, yeah, it is. Here's how to bring back Space Cadet 3D Pinball back to Windows. Okay, nice. All right, Alex, at the end of my episodes, I ask more hard questions. Okay, I'm ready. And um, what video game has made you cry the most? Oh, cry the most? I'm trying to think. Since you mentioned you cry, I figured that'd be a good one to start with. Well, I'm like trying to think if it's more cry from sadness or cry from frustration. Like that's both, what I'm trying- both are equally enjoyable for me. That's so. what I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, this is really hard. These are hard questions. Oh, I'm not prepared. Um, I don't want you to be prepared. Oh that's God. the point. Oh God, <laughs> I'm so panicked right now. Well, don't I think- worry. I edit. I edit all the pauses out. You so know, you can take your time. You know what it was. Um, so Pokemon um, on the Nintendo uh, DS, it was Pokemon Black and White, um, and the final. So like the final boss, it kind of tricked you, and there was another final boss. And I had gone through, and I guess I just wasn't my my team was not set up to like beat the final boss. I had set my team up to beat defeat the guy who I thought I was going to be fighting and be done. So I think I had to fight that boss like. 50 times and I think I cried over it because I was so mm. frustrated because <laughs> I was so thrown off and then eventually I just like I kind of I quit and then I well not quit but I just like I took a step back and I was like okay gotta fix my team so I fixed my team and then I was able to do it but I remember getting real mad over that and I almost didn't finish it <laughs> that's a good one I, that's it's yep. almost I was thinking like even though it's frustrating that's part of the joy of RPGs is like failing and then thinking oh, yeah. okay now that I know a little bit, like, how do I change my gear and my accessories and my buffs so that I can actually beat this boss and, and, and use the tactics of the... Because, like, I, one thing I don't like in RPGs is the, getting the difficulty for an RPG balanced <laughs> is, I think, probably really hard. I've never developed oh, yeah. the game, but I guess very hard. Because if it's just, like, everyone's a cakewalk, it's not fun, but if oh, it's yeah. too difficult... But you have to have this, like, you got to lose a couple times, but that it also should be clear what do i need to do to change to beat this do i need to go get this weapon do i need to go get this accessory or change my party change my skills whatever so yep i get that i never i is pokemon black and white you said yeah it was black and white i and i would say black and white was probably one of like the last pokemon games where like it wasn't as much of a give give me kind of game like some of the other ones now are a little too easy so I think so it was, was one it, of the final ones that was like actually you had to be strategic and actually and was RPG. It, was it Gestus? Yes, it Ge- was. It was Gestus. his N's father, and I didn't realize I was going to be fighting him. And my team was not set up to fight him, so I basically had no type advantages. I had nothing going for me. So in our, it were pre- pretty equally matched at the time. So I was just like 
shit. But at the time, I also, like, didn't... I, I didn't know as much. Like, this is kind of one of those games that actually got me started into actually, like, okay, I actually need to be really strategic. I can't just, like, ride the way through it um, and hope I'm just too overpowered. So <laughs> it was one of those games where it actually made me be strategic, too. Yeah, I don't... How many Pokemon are there now? Because I don't There's recognize too many. a single Pokemon There's, in this grid. Uh, we gotta be up to at least, like, 800 and something now. 800? <laughs> Yeah. Wow. There's eight generations, and they add at least a hundred every generation. Yeah, so it's got to be. I didn't realize it gotten that that it's been a long way because I only played red and blue, um, and then I fell off the bandwagon. A little bit older than you guys, or a lot older, old man. No. Um, Yeah, I don't recognize. Like I'm watching this uh, clip of Get Sis and N. Yeah. And I do not recognize a single Pokemon. <laughs> no, I, I think. Well, that was actually that was actually a key thing about um, black and white was they wanted to have all original Pokemon, none none from the past. Yeah. Oh, well, that would make sense. I did not know that. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So, what? Let me think. It's a good one for you. Who is your? Who's the best villain? Oh, the best villain. People always ask the opposite, like, you know, who's your favorite video game character? I want to know who the best villain. Who? What video game character have you hated the most and just wanted to get your hands on and wreck? Well, I was, like, interpreting as my favorite one (laughs) at first, but I'd have to... You can do both. Who's your favorite villain and which (laughs) villain did you hate the most, legitimately hate? (laughs) My favorite would have to be Dr. Eggman (laughs) from Sonic. (laughs) He's pretty good. It's just like so stupid looking. A big fat dude with a stash. <laughs> but yeah. also, but also because of Sonic 06's design, I just like, it just makes me laugh me every time up. I see it because it's so. Oh, they, yeah, they tried to they tried to make Eggman look realistic. Ooh. Sonic 2006 Eggman. I don't know if I know what he looks like in that. Oh my god! I've never. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> Was this on the Wii? Wii U? No, it was um, it was PlayStation Three and Three Sixty. Yeah, I don't even what it, what's it called? It's just Sonic Two Thousand Six. Yeah. So it's it's just called Sonic the Hedgehog, but the fans refer to it um as Sonic 06. Sonic. Is this the one where he had a love interest that's like a human? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I did know a little bit about this, but I've never played it. It makes it's you the question. Worst Sonic game ever made. <laughs> I think me and Bill summed it up in the pot. We did a podcast on. Well, on we Sonic, did a two part. We did a two part podcast on Sonic, Sonic. and uh, we one of the key points of that game was like, is it creepier that she kissed an animal or kissed a dead animal? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to describe like Sonic and Tails look good. They look like regular Sonic, but Eggman. Yeah. I don't even know what is going on here. <laughs> they, they, they tried to make him look realistic, like the rest of the human characters in the game, but it it, ugh, it was a bad choice. Wow. That's a good one. All right, which which uh, villain did you legitimately hate? Like, villain that really got under your skin? Um, well, you know what? It would probably have to be the Jehestis guy from <laughs> Black yeah, and White, so. because okay, yeah. I really struggled and, like, he also just kind of sucked, too. Like, his character... Well, because the whole... Like, that game's plot was actually really... That game actually had really interesting plot. So... Give me the synopsis, because I don't know anything about it. So, in that Pokemon game... So, 
the team rocket of that game was called um, Team Plasma. Plasma. And like, but their mindset was like, they weren't just stealing Pokemon. They actually, their mindset was like liberating Pokemon from human and having Pokemon just be Pokemon and human just be human. Like having people not like train them to fight. So it's actually really interesting because you were like, oh yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of relate it to real life, I guess you could say. Um, so they were interesting, but then he comes along and he's just like, nah, I'm just Team Rocket and I'm just here to be evil for no reason and I don't care about any of that. So I was just like, eh, like, yeah, he just wanted to revive the Pokemon, like the, uh, legendaries. That was it. So, okay. but it was it interesting. Be, it's a good, be good question for you, Will, since you played so many RPGs, what villain have you legitimately hated? <laughs> not like uh, a villain you legitimately did not like. Legitimately hated. Um, that's a tough one because there's a lot. Um, I mean, Persona Five, the main, uh, the main, the main. Uh, he's not really. Uh, I haven't played main... it, so don't spoil it. I do plan on okay. playing it. Oh. Uh, then I'll leave that one beside. Um, Have you played the Battle Royale or the the Strikers? I've been. I I haven't. I still haven't had a chance. Uh, to play I'm it. wondering if that's good. And I'm wondering, do you know if the story of Strikers is like a continuation of five? Yeah, it, it it takes place after five, but it doesn't take it doesn't put uh, Royal into account. Oh, so I Royal should, Royal came it's, out it's, later. Royal is basically like Golden. It's the same game, but it's better. But Strikers, um, did Strikers come out in between Standard and Royal? They came out around the same time. I think the problem is Strikers had like a. It came out in Japan way early, way earlier than it did uh, in America. Okay. Kind of thing. Because I think they they were developed like in tandem together, and because of that, um, I think they didn't really put any of the royal stuff into account. Okay, well, okay, Persona Five villain you don't like, but don't tell me why. Yeah, I'll leave <laughs> or don't spoil I'm, anything. I guess. I let me look at my PS. See, it's kind of a hard question because there's a lot of villains that like you actually like. You know, like there's there's a lot. Well, that yeah, they're like... all they're sympath they're sympathetic sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So the, I guess the question is like. Maybe the better way to phrase it would be which villain was portrayed the best. Like, because there are villains that you like, like you legitimately like them, even though they're the bad guy. And then there's villains that are good villains. Like, you really want to stop them, mm. even if you're sympathetic. But there's, they're good villains. Like, a great classic one that everyone talks about is Kefka, Final Fantasy VI mm. or Three in America. Yeah. It's just like, he's crazy, he's evil, and he actually succeeds in destroying the world, three fourths of the gang. You know, like, that's a, that's one where it's like, I'm not saying I like Kefka, but I was also really motivated to beat his ass by the time yeah. I finally got there. Okay, so I, I got a good one. Um, I didn't hate the character, but um, Tales of the Abyss. The main villain of the game is uh, a character named Van, who um, at the start of the game is actually... So spoilers, I guess, for anyone who like, wants to play that game. But uh, at the beginning of the game, he's like your mentor, like, so, like uh, teacher. As you go through the game... He kind of is kind of a sketch, like the first half of the game. And then he actually causes the big moment that leads to um, Luke's um, change in character, personality change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Where he basically reveal he basically destroys an entire town and like kills everybody there for the sake of destroying the world because the town where he was from was destroyed by the kingdoms um, from that world, and he's basically wants to just basically kill everybody out of um, response. And uh, so you're basically you're chasing him throughout the entire game. And at one point you think you killed him and he falls into the core of the planet. And then he he basically fuses with the god of that planet. And you have to face him in this like god form at the end. Ah. And at the whole time, it's like you realize his 
his motives, he's evil, but at the same time, you kind of understand why, because he's basically, he was wrong, so now he wants to take it out on the rest of the world kind of thing. That sounds good. I like the idea of falling into the earth. You think you killed him, but he actually became more strong, and now you got to, I mean, it's classic RPG, God form. Yeah, it's actually kind of God form. It's actually kind of interesting because after um after he uh you think you've defeated him, the game actually goes on for a bit because you got to clean up the mess that was left behind and like solve a bunch of other things. Ah, uh, so it's not like you, immediate. Ah, yeah, okay. it's like you don't think he's. Well, I mean, y- you kind of think he's going to come back at some point because obviously the villain. But the same thing, it's kind of like you you wonder is like is he really gone? Is he not? And um, you you're basically cleaning a bunch of stuff up, and then he just comes back, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Now, now we know what's going on here. So, Tales of the Abyss, Vaughn. All right, Alex, what game have you been super amped for? And then, you were dis- what was the most disappointing game that you were hyped for that you oh. got and you were let down? Oh, I was so excited for when they announced that there was going to be an Animal Crossing game for the Wii U. And then it was Amiibo Festival, which is just a Mario Party game. But there's no games. It's just Wait. Yeah. So it's this what? it's this it's a, like a Mario Party game. It's like a board game basically. But there's no like mini games or anything. Well, I think there is mini games, but they're not actually part of the board game. It's like outside of the board game. But it was basically just a way to sell Animal Crossing amiibos. Um but like everyone was so hyped and stuff uh... because they like before they released like the game, they released like this like open world thing. I forget what it was was, but like it basically I'm, showed. I'm watching all the... this t- 2015 trailer. I think I can tell what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. But it was just like it was so sad, like because um, they like released like this little. I forget what it was called, but it basically showed all the 3D models. It was basically showing off all the 3D models of all the Animal Crossing characters. So everyone was like, "Oh my god." Animal Crossing for the Wii U. Let's go, let's go. And then uh, we got that. And <laughs> it was real sad. So, Well, if uh, Chris from Retro Hangover, since we've mentioned him like four times already, <laughs> is listening to this, he thinks the Wii U is the greatest console of all time. <laughs> Eat it, shit, Chris. The Animal Crossing on Wii U sucks. <laughs> uh, he probably didn't like my uh, our podcast talking about the Wii oh, U. Oh, no, he probably did <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to that episode <laughs> which uh, game were you the opposite which game surprised you the most that was good that you didn't have high expectations for and you uh, ended up loving and then I'm going to ask Will the same two questions after that's that's tough because <laughs> I gotta think a little bit I gotta think back to all the games that I have because um <laughs> I'm like really uh well, because a lot of the games that I, I liked, I, I was super hyped for. Um, well, I guess, like, kind of Stardew Valley, but not really, because I didn't really know what it was, so I didn't really have any expectations for it, and I really liked it, but a lot of the games that I was really hyped for actually were really good, so mm. I, like, I don't know off the top of my Stardew head. Stardew Valley makes sense, because you've talked about it a lot. You obviously love it. Yeah. And it, it, it did come out of nowhere. Yeah. It wasn't like I had a hype cycle it just sort of was a sleeper hit on steam then eventually got ported to everything yeah well and it was also like i i remember like me and bill were just like we went to like target or something and we like we're just going through like the video game section and there was like the stardew valley it was like a card um one where you could download it 
And Bill was like, oh, you might like that game. And I was like, all right, I'll just get it. Like, why not? Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. And then <laughs> she was straight up addicted. And, <laughs> and now, yeah. take it over her and life. now I can't stop. <laughs> yeah. All right, Will. What about you? Most disappointing and best surprise awesome okay. game. So disappointing is I have a t- it's a toss up between two games. I'm going to. So I want to say the Final Fantasy seven remake. But I'm gonna Ooh, shots hold, fired. I'm gonna hold on that now because it's not finished. Okay. True. That's actually a good point. It's a good point. So my actual what I'm gonna say is Last of Us Part Two. <gasps> I don't know if we can be friends, dude. Oh no. I don't okay. know if we can be friends anymore. We're gonna have to have okay. a whole episode arguing about Last of Us Part Two. Oh no. Okay. But I, so, I jokes aside, I mean I'm only half joking because I love that game. What is disappointing about it? I'm curious. So I love the story of the first one so much because it has such a great like it's not a positive story but at the same time it has a i love the relationship between joel and ellie so i'll I'll say last of us part two phenomenal game like in terms of actual game technically uh, yeah no one really disagrees it's a bad bad game technically i had fun while i was playing it but the story made me miserable that's a good point so i would say this last of us two i think is a masterpiece but it depends on how you define masterpiece and the way i defined it usually is a game that can make you feel things. Nothing has made me feel more than Last of Us. The only problem is it made me feel all negative emotions. That's that was my thing. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> last of so la- the first Last of Us, I couldn't stop playing it. Like I finished it in like I think like three sittings. Like I wanted to know what happened. Like from that the opening cutscene where uh, Joel's daughter dies, and it's like you're like shit this is one of those games yes um, yes it's like i couldn't stop because i wanted to know where this goes part two i, I got to the scene in the beginning and yes, i was like the scene i was like i don't know if i want to play this like i i don't i'm not enjoying this i'm like it's making me physically upset to play and i had to like push through to get i still haven't finished it like i'm like oh I, dude you gotta I finish get, it. You have to I, finish it. I'll get there. I'm just. I get so far, and then I'm like, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm getting too like negative emotions. I need to stop yes. for a bit because that's a fair point. Because the game, it does wrap it up at the end, and it. I don't want to. Sp- I wish we could talk about the ending because I'll just say this: when the game ended, we should do I, a follow up. Yes, when let's I do a follow up. And I, I would fully... love to do an episode just on that game. Um, well, I'll say this: the ending made me think and feel different for weeks afterward. Like okay. I was kind of like, and I will say this, it, it, I'm not going to say the game is going to make you feel good. If you keep playing it, <laughs> the game really has no feel good emotions until the final moments. Okay. That's yeah. like, it's like t- 20 hours of building up to like, finally something. So I, I yeah. will say when I saw all the like controversy and complaints about the game, when I was watching it, and after playing it, I was reading the complaints. I'm like, that's what you're upset about? Yes. I did have the same, because I actually read the leaked script early because I don't have self-control. <laughs> L- luckily, the leaked script was, I don't know if it was like a preliminary version. The scene in the beginning was, I knew about that, but some of the details were different. Um, and some of the other details later in the game were different. So I was kind of emotionally prepared for that beginning plot twist. Um, I'm being very careful because you should play this game if you haven't played it. Um, I don't want to spoil it. So I, I think part of the reason I liked it is I had already gone through the anger of that twist before the game had come out. Gotcha. And I was like, this is going to happen. 
And I also consoled myself like, okay, I got to trust Naughty Dog. There's going to be a way where they're going to make this okay. They wouldn't do that unless, even though I had read the whole script, it was like, once I started playing and right when that scene happens, there were a few things immediately that were different than what I read in the script. So immediately it was like, okay, well, maybe this is going to be, so I still had this, like, I don't know exactly yeah. what's going to happen, but I was already prepared for like the biggest gut-wrenching part in the beginning. And then essentially when you start playing as the other character and I realized they're going to make me sympathetic with this character. And I don't want, like, I see I know, what that's my problem because I, I can't stand the other character. And I was like, I don't want to be because this character did some shit I really don't like. And I know you guys are going to try to make me sympathize with this character and fuck you. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the game, I did, even okay. though I was like kicking and screaming, I don't want to do this. Um, and there's a really, really emotional moment at the end where, um, I don't want to, it, basically they kind of wrap up and they call back to that first plot twist, which you've experienced. Okay. And it, I have two daughters and because that relationship is a father daughter relationship, I got really, really emotional at the end when they kind of tied it all together. So I would say the game was not fun. I will agree. uh, The gameplay was fun. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yes, it was fun to play. But my God, did it make you miserable? (laughs) Yes, it was just heavy. Just it was like no let up. There's no let up. The game is just heavy, 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 heavy themes. You know, the cycle of violence. Violence begets Mm. more violence. Everybody has a reason why they're it's just like more and more just. Tragedy, tragedy and violence yeah it doesn't help too that the game that naughty dog made right before that uh, uncharted 4 is like one of my favorite games of all time and also the opposite in tone oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it was so i i i'm gonna finish it at someday i just i need to be in the mood because it's like yes that's not a game you play when you're not in a good place <laughs> if you were if you were gonna say i don't like it for some of the reasons the other like I had heard all the controversy, like, this game is nothing but, like, woke left culture, and the video games are this, and there's a trans person in it. I had heard all this shit, like, okay, I start playing it, like, when when am I going to get to this heavy-handed political stuff? And it just never happened. No, I didn't listen. See, I don't don't watch the news. I don't pay attention to any of that Mm. stuff. But um, I I saw all the complaints, and, like, after I played it, I was like, you're upset about that? Like, I, was, I was more annoyed. About- there's a few fans of the podcast that I talk with, and I've said this to them directly. So they, if they, they should know. There's some people I've talked to that I interact with a lot that won't play it because of political reasons, and I get really furious at them, like respectfully furious. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still friends with them. Um, I was scared you were going to say that, but no, I'm no. glad you didn't <laughs> say that because it's like you should not I- play a game just because you think it has some sort of political agenda when in reality. You when you play it, there is no political agenda. It's just for some reason, the outrage culture decide to like try to make money off clicks when it came to that game for a mm-hmm. short period of time. I don't know how it all happened. It's the world. That's, now. just yeah. the world. See, yeah, see, I, I, my rule on my rule on the blog is I don't do politics. I mm. won't touch it. Yeah, won't go anywhere. I don't like politics in general, but I won't let it ruin my life. Yes. That's how I see it. That's a good. That's, it, that's a good. Yeah, I actually. If I actually like took that into account and wouldn't play something because of stuff like that, I wouldn't be allowed to like anything. Mm. True. So that's a good that's point. Why I I just don't I don't care. That's not <laughs> what I was mad about. I'm like good. Yeah. And honestly, the reason you don't like it, I can't disagree. The game is just an emotionally draining game. Oh yeah, it's, it drains yeah. you. Like 
I felt emotionally, even though the ending had this kind of touching aspect, how do I, yeah, touching is the best way to say it generally. There were some touching aspects of the ending for weeks after I was just like walking around, looking at people in society and being like, society is just, just this construct. And the only thing between me and violence like Last of Us is just this like unwritten agreement that we have law and order. And like, this could all, it made me almost like, scared about yeah. life too which isn't necessarily a good thing either so i can't yeah. disagree with you there yeah, yeah i can't but you should play it and we should no, talk I'm gonna, about it i'm going to finish it i just need <laughs> a the time and b i gotta be in the right place mentally for that oh yeah yeah that game that was a, a wild ride the, yeah. have you I've played it alex through. I haven't played it, but I'm laughing at him because uh, he keeps yelling at me to watch the rest of Fruits Baskets. And my excuse is that exact thing. I need to be in the right state of mind to watch <laughs> it. Also, uh, that whole time you're having that conversation, I've been trying not to laugh because my cat jumped up on the counter and was just staring at me the whole time. So if you saw me get up, it was me trying to get her off the counter, failing, and then like she's just staring straight into me the whole time. So I was trying Cats my are, best not to laugh. They're interesting animals. They, uh, My dad has always said, dogs have owners, cats have staff. Yes, yeah. it's very true. <laughs> she was so good. Like She was sleeping for most of it, and then like the last like 30 minutes, she like got up, and I was like, oh, shit. Be quiet, be quiet. And then she just jumps on the counter. It's just like staring. <laughs> just like, please stop. So weird. All right, we're at two and a half hours, and I promised myself I would not do three hours. So, <laughs> okay. To wrap it up, let's. Uh, I want to. What anime should I be watching? That's Ooh. what I want to wrap it up. Let's do like 10 minutes of anime and then promo your podcast again and wrap it up. Okay. Well. Okay. I'll sneak cool sneak peek because our episode, the next episode we're recording, not not releasing, but the next one we're recording is we're doing anime part two. two. (laughs) Sweet. So yeah, let's do some sneak peek because I'm going to say this: I'm very, I love anime, but I'm very picky. Like the anime I love, I love, and then there's a lot of aspects of anime, and I don't know what the right terminology is, and maybe you guys could help me because I know there's certain like semantics within the anime community, but I I don't like certain types of like japanese humor especially when it comes to like flirting and girls and relationships oh, okay. and sexuality it gets like really i just don't get it it's really awkward so you're, not, you're so- not into like the fan service anime no and i don't like when the animes go from like cool badass action and then they the comedic relief is like weird animation and they have like droplets coming out of their head and the animation mm-hmm. goes from really cool to like bad and it's it's part of their humor yeah so just as a preface if it has a lot of that in it I can't handle it. Okay, so I would avoid um, any harem animes. If you see harem anywhere, avoid those. I don't really watch those either, but some people do. Um, I'd avoid harem. harem. So it's it's basically like one guy, a bunch of girls. So if you don't like that, you're not going to like that. And then I'd avoid uh, shoujo, because that's more... Well, but it kind of depends, because Fruits Baskets is really good, but it's considered a shoujo, so... It, it just depends. Fruit, fruit Baskets is like its own thing because it's oh yeah, it's the most deceptive anime you'll ever watch because from from a glance it looks like some weird like slice yeah, of life happiness. This looks like mm-hmm. some weird schoolgirl romance stuff. It's not. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Um, okay. Okay, so because you but you were saying 
you had to be in the right mood to oh, do yeah, fruit because so it's is depressing. It, is it like dark? It's very oh, depressing. Okay. Yeah. Bring the it's, darkness. Yeah. I want it's, the darkness. So if you want to be depressed, watch Fruits Baskets. It's very good. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I guess like a good intro one right now. It's also very current. Do you like? Are you a fan of like the superheroes, like Marvel movies or anything like that? Yes, and I've watched season one of My Hero. Okay, I was going to say that, because um, that's super people, popular. People love My Hero. I watched the first season, maybe parts of, is it season two or the end of season one where they're in like the stadium and they get attacked for real? Okay. Is that oh, season one or two? So that's season one, so that's the ending. It was like the USJ. Oh, season two is the tournament. Season right? yeah, season two is the okay. tournament, and then there's um. That's where I stopped, like maybe two episodes in, three episodes into the tournament. I'd recommend keep going. I think it gets, I think it gets better. Like season three and season four, I think are especially pretty good. Um, where does then, the movie fit into the timeline of seasons? So I believe so. There's three movies. Um, oh, okay. I what believe, are the three movies? <laughs> I believe the first movie is at the end of season three, or it might be season two. I'm not completely sure. It's in between there, and then the second one. Um, I think it's like after season four. But I also don't know. I've only seen the first movie. I haven't seen the second or third. I don't think the third one is even out yet, but that's in theater. So if you want to go to a movie theater, then that's coming out. But I would, I'd recommend giving it another shot. I think it's pretty good. Um, I guess like another one that's like kind of similar to that, um, but it's more comedy based. Like it's a it's basically a parody. Uh, one Punch Man. Oh, I love One Punch okay, Man. Okay, okay. But I did not watch season two. I heard some mixed reviews about so, season two. I think season two is good. I just think like season two is like a not filler, but it's like a build up to something bigger. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like it's, it's a setup. It's a setup to like the next season will be really great because this is going to be this really big fight. But in between, you got to get all this background information. So. I liked it. I thought it was good, but I also went into the mindset of like, this is building up to something bigger. They had that same studio has another one, which I've only watched the first season is Mob Psycho oh, 100 yes, yes. or something. I love Mob I Psycho. I really liked Mob Psycho. The animation was outrageously awesome. I recommend watching season two. I actually thought season two was, uh, was better. slightly better. Yeah. Okay. I thought Sweet. it was really good. But I what do you guys Mom's watch like, anime at? Like, what's is it Crunchyroll? You guys are doing Crunchyroll? Um, so I have Funimation, um, and then oh, I also okay. use Crunchyroll. But then Bill has well, there's also I like, have my I have my wall of Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill has Blu-rays, but you can find a lot on Hulu and also yeah, even Hulu's probably one of the best. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do you like sport? Like, do you like sports? No. Well, really, I like sci-fi. Robots and darkness and gore. Well, okay. I was going to say there's this one that I wasn't really a sports fan, but I got super into this show and it was about volleyball. And Oh, Jesus I- Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it's about volleyball, but it's so good. Like, What's it called? It's called Haikyuu. And it, like, I learned so much about volleyball. Like, um, like there, there's a whole, there's some seasons that are just like one match of volleyball. And it's really, it's so entertaining. I recommend. I I thought you were going to talk about, there's a boxing one people have been talking about too. There's there's an anime for every sport. It's so funny. Boxing one is good. I haven't watched yet, but that's good. I'm trying to think of ones that are more darker. More darker. uh, One of the craziest animes that I liked was about 
was Elfin Lead. Oh, okay. That is is about as dark and violent as I've ever seen. It was a, actually, to be honest, very dark. Elfin Lead was a little much. Like, there's a few episodes where I was like, "Oof, oh, this is getting pretty heavy." I think I have one that you'll like. Um, you should check out Shiki. As this, how do I spell it? Um, S H I K I. Shiki anime. So I, I'll give you like the basic summary: is that it's taking place in this very small remote town, and basically it's a family of vampires comes in, and they basically want to turn mm. the town into a town of vampires. So it's kind of like a mystery. I'm into People it are going. It's it's very good. Uh, there's some gory scenes, but uh, the story is very interesting. It's very good. I really like that one. Let's see. What's another one? Uh, Future Diary is also kind of dark, but it's very psychological. It wasn't my favorite. Um, I think it has pretty mixed reviews, but if you're into dark, that one's pretty cool. They're basically forced into this game where they have to, like, kill each other, and it's kind of like a battle royale Mm. to die, which that one's pretty interesting. Do you guys know off the top of your head, like, the original Japanese Battle Royale movie? I watched it in, like, junior high. I forget what it's called. Because everyone's talking about Squid Games right now, and I'm like, isn't this just that same Japanese movie I watched in junior high? I think it was called Battle Royale, maybe? Uh, There is, I think, an anime called Battle Royale. Route movie. It is 2000. Yep. It is. It's actually called Battle Royale. I forgot that. (laughs) Dang. I I think that's, like, the OG... Battle Royale premise. I think the Hunger Games ripped this off, ripped it off. Honestly. I was going to say Hunger Games is like the American <laughs> yeah. version of Battle Royale. Yeah. No. Um, what about you? Do you go by Will or Bill? By the way, I've been calling you Will, and she calls you Bill. Oh. Um, I've always been Bill, but it doesn't. I go whatever. Okay. <laughs> like, what? Uh, what do you recommend, Bill? What? What's? What have you been so watching? So she's. So here's the fun fact: she's into like dark shit. I'm into slice of life because, of course. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think because, like, my favorites are like I'm a big Inuyasha fan. That's probably mm. my all-time favorite. I mean, I've seen all like the classics. Like, I've seen Dragon Ball, every, every Dragon Ball. Uh, my friend got me to watch Naruto. Um, some classics, though, like um, Yu Yu Hakusho is a really good one. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. How do I spell that? U uh, Y U Y U, um, and then H A K. Okay, yeah, I got it. Yu Yu Hakusho. It's really old. It's like from like the late late eighties, early nineties. About a kid who uh, gets hit by a car attempting to save a child's life. Yeah, and he gets like uh, he basically becomes kind of like an agent. Like he gets like these like psych psyche powers, kind of. Uh-huh. It's kind of like Dragon Ball, but more like with like demons and stuff. Um, okay, I like demons. Uh, did you? That one's pretty good. Bill, did you ever watch Death Parade? Did you ever watch that after I no, recommended it? No, I have it? the Blu-ray. I oh. haven't got to it yet. Oh, you should Did you watch say it. Death or Death Parade? Death Parade. Death Parade. That one's really good. It's basically That sounds awesome. It's basically the whole plot is basically it's what happens after you die. So it's basically and it's basically takes place in this world that decides like if you die with someone else, it decides like if you're going to heaven or hell. And you actually end up they play like games and stuff, but it gets really psychological um, as you follow the main. It's very this good. This sounds awesome. Death Parade's Whatever really good. S- and it has an intro that does not match the rest of the show at all, but it's great. <laughs> Whenever someone dies, they are sent to mysterious bars run by bartenders serving as arbiters. They must compete 
compete in death games with their souls on the line, the results of which reveal what secrets led them to the situation. Nice. That one I really, and that one's only 12 episodes, 12 or 13 episodes, so it's quick, too. So I could do that. Yeah, yeah I could commit to that. All right. That gives you good anime. I'm going to try the, the Death Parade. And you kept bringing up Inuyusha, and I've seen that around for a long time. Yeah, I know it's, it's a classic. It's ha- it's kind of goofy nowadays. Um, it's still, uh, well, I will say that the dub is pretty goofy nowadays. I rewatched I, I loved, it recently. I love the, the dub. It gets though. better, though. It gets better as you go. All right, we got, I got, yeah, we got to wrap it up and hit my goal of under three hours, which basically we're not going to do. <laughs> Surprise! But you know what? We're having fun. Every time I say I'm only going to go two hours and we go three, it's because the conversation was good. So exactly. It just is what it is. Give us a spiel again on your podcast, where you can find it, uh, where they can find you guys on Instagram. I'll put all these links in the description, obviously, as well. Okay. So we're the Gaming and Collecting Podcast. You can find us on. Uh, pretty much all the major podcasting platforms, although the most common are Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Have you guys and, gotten on the talk yet? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe if Alex wants to make one. I, the TikTok? <laughs> I've like I made one personal TikTok myself, um, and it got like actually like a thousand views, and I got scared, so I never did it again. Dude, if you want to promote, all I'm saying is I have been putting the same content up for a year on both Instagram and TikTok. My TikTok is at 20,000 followers. My Instagram is like 650. Wow. So if you want to grow and i think that i have seen collectors start popping up now obviously the algorithm is like learning that i like gaming shit and it's showing me more gaming shit Mm -hmm. over time i warn you right now if you get on tiktok the first thing you're gonna see is girls dancing for the first like three weeks that's just the way it is see i've been on it so mine has like conformed to just all these like random ass videos nothing but like and then i send them to bill like one of my favorite ones i saw recently was like this girl and she's like oh i'm just feeding the fish and she's throwing a it's just a bunch of raccoons that are going oh after the food. i haven't seen that one <laughs> it brought me so much joy because she's See, like, she sends these to me when i'm at work and I'll be like in the machine, like doing like a setup or something. And I'll be like, Alex, I don't have time for this right now. And I'll be like, uh, yes, you do. It's a bunch of raccoons. <laughs> yeah. TikTok is dangerous because basically China's going to spy on everything in your life and they're going to figure out what you like yep. and the algorithm. Well, and I have, there's been times where I like sit down like in between tasks, like maybe I'm waiting for a video to render yep. on my computer. Like, oh, I got like six minutes before this video renders and i'll get on tiktok and then all of a sudden i'll look up and it's been 45 minutes i'm like <laughs> no, oh my yeah. god it's so yeah, bad it's, it's too so good bad. it's too good it's good but bad <laughs> it's bad yeah i'm trying to like i want to use it to promote but i'm personally like cutting the time that i use it recreationally down i just like get in post your video don't look at anything else and get <laughs> and out run away run as fast <laughs> run away. as you can um but yeah okay so you're not on the tiktok but you are on instagram and twitter sorry to cut you off keep going so we uh, we we're trying to get an episode out every week, and yep. then you could find me on the Barber Who Games. I post four posts a day most days, and I try. And to- you post the gnarly, like one of the best collections. I know I've said this already a bunch of times, but your collection <laughs> is fucking badass. I'm starting to get into like I'm running out of stuff to post those, so and I'm starting to like kind of go back and like redo old posts. Yeah, so you can find me there, the Barber Who Games, easy enough to find. And then Alex is she's on Instagram, <laughs> but she doesn't really. Uh, use it <laughs> i like 
I've I've recently used it again. If you really want to follow me, it's uh, alex.c.barber on Instagram. And I don't know if you want to see some cosplays when there's convention. I post those sometimes. Or oh, what do you cosplay as? Um, it mostly anime characters. Last time, um, for Kineticon, I did uh Polnareff from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. But I've done Misty from Pokemon. Futaba Sakura from Persona 5. Oh, me and Bill did Androids. Um, oh, yeah, we did Android 17 and 18. Yep, we did Android 17. One. That one was really fun. Um, you were a red blood cell. Oh, yeah, it was a one. red blood cell from Cells at Work. If you want to ever watch like a show that's like educational, but also anime, I recommend that. Um, yeah, and I'm planning more in the future, so if you want to see Have those. Have you guys ever run across the Side Project podcast? Uh, I think they might actually follow us. Oh, yeah, really? they uh, they do cosplays like they're they start out as a gaming podcast. And they've evolved into just like a general kind of nerd weeb anime. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we are. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, but they do they highlight cosplayers every week. So um, they're they're awesome. They're like a comedy podcast that's a, around nerd stuff. They talk a lot about like comic books and Marvel, mm-hmm. um, but they do talk about okay. anime too. Um, you guys should link up because I don't know a ton about cosplay other than every once in a while I'll see a costume. I'm just like, holy shit. Like <laughs> cosplay is just getting every year they oh, take yeah. it to like oh, crazier yeah. levels. Um, but I know their way into cosplay and you guys could probably definitely geek out on cosplay together. Mm. They might be a good fit. Yeah. Um, mm. Definitely check them out. They probably do follow you. They're, they're really cool guys. Uh, shout out to um, Captain Juicebox and Chazzy. I was trying to say their real names, but. Captain Juicebox is one of my favorite nicknames of all time. I'm jealous. That's not my nickname. I want Captain Juicebox. But yeah, so you, I didn't even know you guys cosplay. I didn't even know you. I don't think I've seen a picture of you, Bill, cosplaying well, either. I think I posted recently. I did uh, the Naruto Leaf Shinobi cosplay like, a few weeks ago. Let me ago. check. Yeah. Um, on your on your collecting, not your podcast, but on Barber Who Games, right? Yeah, it was, it oh. was on Barber Who Games. Oh, yeah. But it's also, we actually just today posted our uh, convention podcast so uh our cosplays oh, yeah, are in the about... thumbnail on that too let's see here yeah it's a little ways back i, I want to see it oh yeah there it is naruto damn dude, that actually looks pretty good yeah um, it wasn't it was i think i spent like 100 bucks on everything that looks pretty good how tall are you i'm like five eight or nine something like that yeah i was gonna say you look i'm five seven i'm short i'm like you look Based on this railing, you look a little taller than me. That makes me jealous. Yeah, he looks... I forget this character's name, but I played a Naruto fighting game, and this guy at the green jacket, I always picked him, because I thought he looked the coolest. Uh, it was... I was just going for a generic Leaf Shinobi, but I kind of... Because I had to have the mask, I ended up kind of looking like Kakashi. Yeah. Oh, his name's Kakashi. Okay. I, I yeah. must have missed that one. I had no idea you cosplayed. I can't... Well, because I threw that one out, actually, while we were at the convention, so it was at a weird hour. Sweet. All right. So you cosplay too. We'll, we'll put your Instagram in there, Alex. Anywhere else? Anything else you guys do I didn't know about? Um, um, no, that's that's about it for now. No, yeah. Maybe in the future. No. Sweet. And then you might do YouTube. You have a YouTube channel, but it's dead currently. Yeah, the the Barber Who Games YouTube channel exists, but it hasn't been it hasn't been updated. The last time it was updated, I wasn't even going under the Barber Who Games. So so it's maybe it's been in a the while. future. So All right, but basically podcasts. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, cosplay. Those are like the the four. Yep. yep. Sweet. And then I actually collect anime and collectibles, which yes, I, I could get into. I'm I'm just about to spend. I think it's called. I want. I'm going to ask if this is. Is you a good person to ask? Because I'm about to drop some money on some mech 
collectibles. Oh, okay. I love like mechs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything about this company or this site. I just saw an ad for it, and I thought the mechs looked really cool. They're kind of expensive. Mm. Have you heard of Kika Store? Kika Store. That does sound familiar, but my recommendation when it comes to figures is that find it in person. Oh, okay. Some... He's pulling out a mech. Of course he's going to have some badass mech. Well, it's oh, no, just... I'm, mo- I'm moving my controllers. Um, okay. I still, um, have the th- I still have the 3DO controllers here. Because sometimes, like, uh, I've, I've heard the nightmare. Sometimes, like, people will post the pictures, and then, like, it will be, like, a completely... Like, it's the a figure, but it's a knockoff. I've heard that mm. that can happen. I just... I prefer picking it up in person. In person, um, okay. Just because, like... You can look at it, you can take it out of the box, see the quality and everything. Um, especially a lot with mechs, like, you build them, like, piece by piece. Um, and you glue them together, a lot of the mech figures um, that I've seen. So, and a lot of the times, too, they also recommend, like, a, there's levels to it. So it's good to get, like, someone's opinion on it. Um, oh, that's good to know. Yes. I just saw them and thought they looked really awesome they they were gonna just come like this i didn't even think that i know a lot it. of the times with the mechs you actually have to build and glue them together so oh no so <laughs> so they have ones that are easier to build than others but um a lot of the times you have to build them yourself there is some that you can buy as just a figure but you have to i would research or i would just like buy one in person i'm just i always feel better when it comes to stuff like that um mm. or if you bought it like directly like i would buy a figure from like crunchyroll because i'd feel good about that but on ebay i feel like could be anything who knows <laughs> yeah that's a good yeah. point i didn't even th- i didn't even think about maybe having to to build it that's yeah. i should check that yeah mm. sweet really good advice well you guys are dude yeah. i Again, sorry for being late. This no, 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 this no. is fine. It's man. all don't good. Don't it. worry. This is uh was great as always. I need to get you guys, both of you, linked up with Retro Hangover. I think we could have like a we'll figure something out, and we'll definitely do a Last of Us. I'm starting to think <laughs> about maybe, especially when I have guests on repeated. It's like I can't ask someone about their games growing up three times in a row. So maybe. if we have when when we have you on again, we should do it whenever you finish. In fact, I'll start pinging you like once a month. Have you played Last of Us two yet? <laughs> have you played Last of Us two yet? And then we can have you back on when you when you have you guys back on. And then you should play at least watch it or something. Okay, I'll watch the so, play too. <laughs> to, tomorrow I will boot up the PS five and I will get it downloaded. <laughs> you have a PS five? Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. how, how hard was it to get to use a bot to get it online, or how did you get it? My my uh, mother is insane, and I don't know how she did it. Uh, <laughs> no. She bought Props it. Props to mom. She bought yeah. it a lot more expensive. I told her literally. I said, <laughs> "Don't overspend." And I don't, she won't tell me how much she spent. <laughs> she so. overspent. I, my brother I know. Just, <laughs> I know. <laughs> my brother just bought one uh, Facebook Marketplace where he got like a couple games, a controller, and like some of the peripheral. And he did the math if he would have bought all that stuff. He ended up only paying just kind of a lot, but he paid 125 more for the mm-hmm. actual PS5 than retail, which isn't terrible. I've seen way worse. Yeah. So it is possible, I think, to get them for less than 200 over. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hard. No, nah, well, because I, I'm, I'm a pain in the ass to, for Christmas. So yes, you are. She was like, she was like, what do you want? And I'm like, I, I'm like, I don't know. PS Five, you can get it, but I'm like, don't overpay, don't overpay. <laughs> Damn, have you? What have you been playing on it? Mostly, I've been using it as a glorified PS Four, but um, Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart was phenomenal. 
Demon's Souls remake? Demon's Souls remake was great. Most of them are technically PS4 games. So they... The PS uh, the PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima is the best way to play that game. I have to get that still. It's I have, so good. I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima, the, the PS4 version, on it, and it still looks it looks even better, honestly. Well, oh, you know what, what I, that's what I mean. The PS4 version on PS5 with like the backwards compatibility upgrades, mm-hmm. you get like uh, solid 4K, 60 FPS. Mm, yeah, it, it looks but apparently, phenomenal. the new version with the DLC is like better optimized for PS5. Yeah. I think. Actually, one one thing on PS5, uh, PS5 that looks phenomenal is uh, the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection. Oh, how is that on PS5? Oh, it looks amazing. Like everything's so vibrant and it runs at a smooth 60. It's, it's yeah. great. I'm a frame rate whore. Like I played <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales on my my friend got a PS5 and he got a brand new OLED 4K screen, and I have like a I have two like really beefy PCs. I got two 3090s, like the top of the line graphics card. Like, and I was playing his PS5 on his OLED screen on the 4K 60 mode, and I'm like, this is just as good as PC gaming. I mean, mm. it's I don't want to admit it because I'm a PC master race asshole, but. <laughs> I have to. I was like, "Damn, this is this is there." I mean, you're oh, it's, it's impressive how far yeah. they've come, and I love the interface. It's got a cool interface. Like, I just think we're gonna, we're at the point now where we're just waiting for more games. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. The haptic feedback is also awesome on the PS5 controller. I thought it was a gimmick until I played Astro's Playroom, and it was mm-hmm. like skating around. The part that blew my mind is you're like skating on ice, and I'm thinking like, how the hell did they make it actually feel like ice? Yeah. in your hands like how was did they, like, i was thinking like did they go and use some sort of instrument like with like a needle almost like i'm imagining like a vinyl player a record player did they like run it across the ice and like map the vibrations and then uh, how do you even do that i don't know but oh, this, it's, the, it feels like sorcery to me the modern modern like rumble is kind of getting scary how realistic it's getting I thought it was a gimmick again. I was like, this is just cool. Rumble's better. And then I played. I'm like, this isn't Rumble. This is like tricking the tactile feedback on my hands. It's, it's weird. So this one's incredibly stupid, but it's like one of the coolest uh, experiences I've, I've had gaming in a while. I actually got a Tetris effect on PS5, like dark rum, like headphones in. Tetris effect. It's one of the most like surreal experiences you'll ever like. It's basically... You play Tetris, but the backgrounds and like music is like it's like a visual like experience, and you can play it in VR too. Oh yeah, here's Tetris Effect on PS5, 4K, 60 FPS. I see. In VR, I could see this also being, yeah. Oh, it's like nuts because like when when you turn the block, it like changes the tone, the pitch of the music. So it kind of like as you're playing, the whole music kind of goes around, and the backgrounds go in like form. It's like it's a visual like pleasure. It's like amazing. Mm. And when you're like a hardcore Tetris fan like I am, it's like, you just, it, I think it takes like four hours to finish or something like that. It's a it's cool, it's bad. cool. It's a it cool little, like, cool. it's on PC now too, actually. Ooh, even better. Mm-hmm. Even better. All right. So let me, let me double, I got to remember. So it's, uh, what was the, is Inuyasha, what was the other anime you told me to see? Uh, oh, Yu Yu Hakusho. That was up there. That's the die bartender one. You, you oh no, no, that was a de- that was death parade. death parade. Death parade. Yep. Yes, death parade. Okay, gotta remember that. Bookmarked it. Inuyasha. All right. Then there was one other thing. I think you guys recommended to try. It was like in the middle of our conversation. Do you remember? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna. Was I'll it remember an anime when I edit it. Or a video game. 
Oh, no, I recommended you guys play Spirit Bearer. Yes, That's yes, what, yes, that's yes. what, it, was. That's what yes. it was. Okay. Yes, sweet. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Check it out. Gaming and Collecting Podcast. What's the tagline again? The Games We Loved or something? Uh, gaming and Collecting Podcast, looking back at the games that shaped us. <laughs> gaming and Collecting Podcast, looking back at the games that shaped us. Hell yeah! <laughs> William Barber, Alex Barber, brother and sister, not boyfriend and girlfriend. Nope. Yeah. Badass, <laughs> That's weird. Badass Collection. <laughs> Anime collectibles, anime cosplay, geek culture. If you want to know about the 3DO, they're one of the only people I know that have gone in depth on the 3DO, maybe other than retro or not. So that's your, that's your place. You guys are the shit. All right, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <See> <laughs>